When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Captain's Run. Not with Kane Corns today on a fun Friday, but Sam Edmonds sitting in with you right up until midday. But nothing else changes. We have got a wall-to-wall show lined up for you, so don't go anywhere right up until the middle of the day. We're going to cast the net far and wide on what is an absolute smorgasbord of sport this weekend, but more of that still to come. From 10 o'clock, we're going to cast our eyes north to the Gabba. We'll catch up with the general manager of that stadium, Mark Zundan. And it's not all about tonight, of course. Can't wait for Brisbane and Geelong tomorrow and that history-making grand final at the Gabba next weekend. 254-game league great Gary Belch is going to join us, of course, to preview the NRL preliminary finals. Melbourne Storm, Canberra Raiders tonight. How can we watch both? What are your plans for that? Bit of split-screen action, uh, multiple screens. Wouldn't mind your ideas wrestling with that one myself. 10.30, Richmond great Dale Waitman, the flea, will give us his thoughts on tonight's game and his Tigers. We'll do a bit of lawn bowls with Barry Lester just before 11. And then after that, mental health advocate Wayne Schwoss will join us as part of World Mental Health Week. But there's a man familiar with this time of the year, of course, uh, North Melbourne and Sydney, great. And after 11 o'clock, Choco Williams will catch up with Port's one and only Premiership coach and the former Richmond assistant after 11 o'clock as well. Looking forward to chatting to Choco. Um, All that still to come. But first, we'll start the show with this. Yes, it's our man, Cade Corns. A big welcome to you, Cade-o. Oh, my lawyers are onto this. I'm <laughs> sick of everyone recording me singing. Perhaps it's my fault for I should pull the plug and stop singing because every time I do it, they record me. But to say that I'm excited is an understatement, Sammy. We are under 11 hours before I'll just be waltzing down King William Street from... About 500 metres where I'm sitting in the Luma Energy Studio here as part of the SEN coverage and uh, be on AFL Nation with Gary and Jared and Hutto and um, cannot wait for it. It's going to be a cracking prelim final, I have no doubt about that. No, well said and appreciate you being a good sport with that. Just for the record, it wasn't my idea and I'm sure you thought you got away with it when you heard in excess <laughs> initially and then only to be lumped into it. But we're all excited here too. I can't imagine what it is like over there. You've just touched on it. What's the scene like in the city at the moment, Kane? I mean, there's going to be fans back on the hill tonight, 25, 26,000 there. Never tear us apart echoing around the stadium. Are they going wild over there or what? They will be, yeah. There'll be, and it was similar in the qualifying final against Geelong, like to be able to walk through the city and, and clearly thoughts with everyone in Victoria this weekend, particularly, you know, 
don't have a lot of sympathy for Richmond fans usually, but, you know, they'd be in a pub somewhere, wouldn't they, watching it with their colours on and screaming at TV screens, having a couple of quiet frothies. That's not going to happen. So we do feel extremely fortunate to be able to cruise through and feel the finals atmosphere that would usually be confronting us on what is the best weekend of footy. That's prelim yeah. final weekend. I, I think it, most people would agree with that. So it's going to it's gonna be great. There'll be you know fans flocking through. I, I wish there was a few more fans. I know there's no active coronavirus cases outside of hotel quarantine in South Australia. So I'm, I think they've been a little bit conservative with the crowd, but let's not get too political on that. What we will know is that it's a unique stadium, isn't it, where you can have fans standing on a hill now that the grounds people have designed specific coronavirus pods, social distancing mm. pods, so you can, you know, there'll be safety be paramount, but it's going to be a great atmosphere and uh, when Port Adelaide run out and, and when In Excess plays, like you just heard, it's going to be it's going to be on. Um, I don't think it'll be too daunting for Richmond, um, but it's just going to be a fascinating contest and Last week we sat here and we couldn't split Geelong and Collingwood. We thought, which way is this going to go? You hope it's going to be close, uh, and I think it will be close tonight. I don't think we're going to get a scenario where one of the two teams doesn't kick a goal until halfway through the last quarter. I think it'll be a really tight one tonight. And have Port taken what you've said about the, the suggestion with the prison bar, and are they going to put the curtain up tonight, uh, Kane, and run out the prison bar strip and just shock the masses? It's funny you say that. They won't do it tonight. The, I, I, I just think... Imagine the folklore, the story, if Port Adelaide did that and they surprised everyone and ran out in their prison bars. It would be one of the great sporting stories. Funny you say that, though. We spoke to Matthew Loken, who's one of the assistant coaches from Port Adelaide. He said, look, we're not going to do that tonight, but should Port Adelaide win through to a grand final, watch this space. Now, I'm not sure whether it's been spoken about, if Port Adelaide can wear the prison bars next week in the grand final, but it certainly would be on the agenda. A big bridge to cross tonight against Richmond, but mm. don't be surprised if they lobby the AFL next week. Got to ask the to, question. To wear it in a grand final. You've got to ask the question, and we've got you on primarily as a fan this morning, Kane. I think we all agree. We'll just declare that hand if it wasn't obvious already, rather than sort of any sliver of impartiality you would normally adopt on this program, but as Trent <laughs> and been in touch to ask if there's any wind up in Adelaide today. We all go back to the 2014 elimination final when he kicked into that, what was it, a howling northerly and, and the power responded with the next seven or the first seven goals of the of the game. And Port Adelaide just went bang, didn't they? Kicked the first seven and it was, it was the most intense. <laughs> it, was the, it was one of those games and you play and just everything goes right. You know, from the moment Cochin kicks the wrong way, just everything worked and it is red hot 20 minute streak in that game. But funny you say that, it's a bit windy here as I'm just gazing outside oh. the window across uh, King William Street, um, which is not far down the track from where Adelaide Oval is. It is a bit windy. There is a bit of moisture around in the air. I think it'll clear up tonight. Mm. 7.20 local time, bounce 7.50 uh, Victorian time, of course, but a little bit windy. So I think Trent would be hoping that he loses the toss and Tom Jonas has to make that call for him. <laughs> and before Richmond supporters Kane start texting in angrily here, we will balance this up with the Flea Dale Waitman later on in the program. Yeah. But the reaction for Tom Lynch, what do you expect that to be from the TL Army? And um, if you're running around out there, would you be trying to get under his skin? How do you think I it's going to play? I love mind games. I love <laughs> mind games. And there's been mind games oh. from both sides, I think, this week. Just just firstly, subtly from Damien Harbick, who says, oh, if any Port Adelaide defender wants to stand in front of Tom Lynch, look out. Not sure... 
Tom Lynch is is that scary? Um, I know he's had a few cheap shots this year and five MRO charges, none of which have been overtly courageous, I haven't thought. So I don't think that warning from Damien Harbick will scare off Hamish Hartlett or Tom Jonas or Burn Jones or Houston having to stand in front of Tom Lynch. And I did notice Hamish Hartlett responded as well on on Adelaide Radio <laughs> saying, look, you know, I think you know Tom is a player where you can get under his skin. I hope there's a bit of niggle. It's a prelim final. It's a massive prize up for grabs. And you know, I was really disappointed in St Kilda last week for doing nothing physically to try and get under the skin of, of Richmond. They've shown this year, and Brisbane have taken it to them, put Adelaide in round 11, that they don't like it when the opposition come after them. And they have been undisciplined, not just with the MRO stuff, but with the 450-metre penalties. There was the caddy one in round 11 that cost them a goal here in, in, in round 11. So I would be doing everything I can to get under the skin of not only Lynch, but Cochin and Martin and Vlosten and all of those players. And... You know, see if they can be a little bit undisciplined, which they've shown to be this year. Hey, would Port be doing cartwheels, do you think, Kane, that Richmond aren't playing a second ruckman? They've resisted uh, any sort of um, urge or um, there was a lot of, a lot made of Marby or Chole potentially coming into the side? I think it was the right move. I think it was the right selection move. The last time um, Chole played, you know, he doesn't, doesn't do a lot. You know, I just don't think you can carry players into a game that are going to touch the ball potentially five or six times. Mm. So I, I wouldn't have done it. I think Nan Curvis is capable of rucking for 90%. And, and Port Adelaide will have the other issue. If if they can't get Laddams involved forward, it's a bit of a dilemma for them. Like It's a, it's a bit of a wasted spot. Um, but they have been determined to go with two rucks. The centre bounce is going to be fascinating and crucial. Whoever wins that centre bounce battle yeah. is able to lock the ball in their forward half, and that's the way both teams play, is that time in forward half, fierce pressure from the small forwards and try and lock it in and put the defence under pressure. So that'll be vital, and if things aren't going well with Lysett, at least Port Adelaide have the option to put Laddams in there. But it is a risk if Laddams can't get damaging forward and, and be involved as a, as a genuine key forward. It's going to be so fascinating, isn't it? Because your old side, their game's based on clearance, as you say, their territory game and a fierce press. But if any system can get through that, you'd think it's Richmond's handball and surge game. It's going to be fascinating. Before we let you go, Kane, how do you see it playing out? We're going to ask people to uh, embrace their inner Nostradamus this morning, get their crystal balls out. What do you think is going to take place tonight? I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really close. Like I, I, I would. And without being, I think Port Adelaide have the advantage clearly because they've had the week off and they're playing at home and they're in front of their natural surroundings. They've slept in their own beds for the last few months and they're playing at a ground that's familiar to them in front of a crowd that is just going to be off the chart. So that, that gives them, I said during the week, a 10 to 15% advantage. I'm going to reduce that. I think it's a 5 to 8% advantage, which may be enough to get them over the line by eight points tonight. I uh, can't wait for it regardless, Kane. going to be a magnificent game. Nothing will be left out there, that's for sure. And uh, we're counting down the hours. Thanks for joining us on your own show, mind you. But uh, you've got a hectic day ahead, so I appreciate you slicing off a bit of time. AFL Nation tonight, it's going to be the best call in the business as well. So if you want to turn down BT and Bruce and put us on, you're more than <laughs> welcome to do that. And I'll be live from the ground calling it, which is going to be great. Can't wait for it. Will you have your beanie on? Um, I might not be that much of a Nuffy supporter. <laughs> I might resist. You'll be forgiven for doing so. Kane Corns, thanks so much for joining us.
Good on you, mate. Kane Corns there over in Adelaide setting the scene for us. And um, I think I'll speak for everyone. It is a big weekend in sport across the country. But uh, if you're in this neck of the woods, you are really relishing the prospect of uh, a side like Richmond, two out of the last three flags, the last four prelims, up against a side who have got so many great storylines this year. Port Adelaide, Ken Inkley was basically sacked this time last year. He put it all on the line. He's embraced it. The players have embraced it. And they've got themselves into the first preliminary final since 2014 for Port Adelaide. Andy's on the road. He wants to chat about tonight's game. Thanks for being so patient, Andy. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm going all right, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. It's preliminary final weekend and my Brisbane Lions are in it. So all, all good. <laughs> now, I'm not a massive fan of Port and even less so of uh, of uh, Richmond. And um, the Premantis with a, a bit of muscle is certainly no Jonathan Brown. But for someone that's the reigning premier, I reckon uh, I reckon Port are going to uh, are going to do it and do it quite easily. They didn't just beat uh, Richmond last time. All right, they've got a few extra players. So to Port, they um, they pummeled them in every facet of the game. I think they um, they doubled the inside fifties, a hundred more marks, and a hundred and fifty more disposals. So it wasn't. Like they um, they just had a, a strong quarter or anything. They beat them in every facet of the game. So mentally, um, Richmond have to not only deal with that, but then also a couple of weeks ago, their bogey team is no longer their bogey team in Brisbane. So it'll be very interesting to see how it, how it starts off this week. Yeah, it will, Andy. I mean, a lot of reinforcements at Richmond, though. Uh, we know they've had their injury problems this year. They've got just about them all back at the right time and up and running. So Prestia Edwards, who uh, who celebrated the birth of his first child as well, back and hasn't missed a beat, has he? Playing magnificently well. Trent Cotchin didn't play against Port Adelaide last time. Basher Hawley's back as well. How many are there? There might be six or seven different players from the last time these two sides met from a Richmond perspective as well. So they are going to be mightily tough to beat. And um, if you subscribe to the theory, as a lot of people have uh, offered that to win the Premiership, you have to go through Richmond. Well, that's Port's chance tonight. I, I still think they are they still are the benchmark, but Port have had a magnificent season. Can't fault them. Been on top all year, and this is exactly where they deserve to be. This is their big chance. Uh, Bob is on the road. He wants to talk about the Tigers. G'day, Bob. Hey, mate. Um, we had a four-day break. We're up by one point at three-quarter time. Before the last and... game? Yeah, yep. and run 11, and um, we had seven of our best 12 or 13 players out. Yeah, I just said six so, or seven. It was seven, wasn't it, Bob? I can't recall them all, seven. but mentioned a few of them, yeah. It was seven, and, um, you know, I, I, my old man watched us at 67, 69, 69, 73, 74, and um, he used to say how we used to be hated, and I, I never understood that because I was born in 77. And um, I want us to be hated. I want everyone out there to hate us. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great for us. Like I hate Collingwood. And um, you know, bring it. Uh, Bob, I love it. I love it. Um, good on you for going into bat for your Tigers. You, you've got to be glass half full, don't you, uh, when you're in the last four. And the text coming in both ways uh, off the temper text. Uh, turn it up. Port won by three goals, and we gave away two goals in the last quarter. Can't wait to see Port's last game this season. Um, 
It's going to be amazing to watch. And this one for Kane, uh, belatedly. Have you not noticed Tom Lynch crashes packs and hard and nullified opposition backman did it last week and it resulted in goals to the Tigers. And uh, plenty of texts coming in on that four-day break for Richmond before last season's, uh, before their corresponding clash back in round 11, I think it was. Going to be absolutely fascinating. Plenty more sport to go around as well, of course. You're listening to the Captain's Run for Apollo League as well. ApolloLeague.com, elevate your career. A massive show ahead of us. Take part right up until midday because we've snagged a couple of prizes for the best caller of the day today. A pair of Burleys, your go-to rubber safety boot from Boggs Footwear. That's boggsfootwear.com.au. We've got a lovely pair of Burleys here for you. So give us a buzz right throughout the show. Well, there's plenty of uh, opportunity to do so. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. After this... I'm going to ask you to embrace your inner Nostradamus. Get your crystal ball out. What happens tonight or tomorrow night, we won't forget that. And I'm not after the straight up and down sort of predictions either. Let's not do Dustin Martin has 30 possessions and Tom Lynch kicks four goals too or Charlie Dixon kicks four and Travis Spoke has a good game. Let's have, you know, some left field stuff. Someone comes off the square for Hamish Hartlett at the opening bounce. What's Tom Lynch's next controversial act? I mean, who would have thought Trent Cotchin would kick into that howling northerly all those years ago? Let's just talk about the game as well. Selection, Richmond's ruck situation, everything. It's game day. It's all on the line. Let's have a chat after this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the captain's run. Not quite. Sam Edmund with you. Kane Corn's not here, but we're having a great time on the captain's run because it's game day and we are counting down the hours. I think I speak for everyone when I say I simply cannot wait for the bounce of the ball at the Adelaide Oval tonight. Two great sides, the top of the table, Port Adelaide, and a side that really needs no further introduction being the Richmond Football Club. And a man, well, he's had uh, his foot very much in the Port Adelaide camp. He was just a legend there with them in the Sandfall, coached them to an AFL flag. He went on to have a fantastic career in the AFL with Collingwood, of course, or the VFL. And then he had a very, very influential stint at Richmond as well. His name is Mark Choco-Williams. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hey, Sam. How are you going? Hey, I'm going all right. How are you feeling as someone who, as I say, has had a foot in both camps, one more so than the other, but your old sparring partner, Cornsey, uh, couldn't hack it today. Just a little nerves got a little bit too much for him, so he's had to just calm the farm. How are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine. I uh, I actually think of uh, my other uh, you know uh, player that used to coach uh, Dimmer and uh, Adam Kingsley both at uh, yeah at Richmond, and then uh, you know Cornsey and uh, Monty and Scully and Dean Brogan all and uh, still at Port. So uh, there's a, a, a spattering of uh, those players. Um, obviously, uh, love each other, played with each other, and now they're trying to uh, trying to get a one up on them so um it'll be interesting uh, for a drink after the game tonight between them <laughs> you've got an absolute cocktail of interest in this game haven't you given your connections and your own personal connections to both clubs what does it mean when you sit down and watch it tonight oh look i i uh, obviously uh, port adelaide uh, certainly the ones i'll be uh, supporting uh, the most but you know within uh, richmond there's a lot a lot of players there that i had a lot to do with and um, i'm really proud of how they've uh, you know, improved and uh, progressed, and you know, I uh, I look uh, through Port with you know Robbie and uh, and Travis and uh, and Hamish uh, Hartlett still are still there as uh, guys that I had a lot to do with. Justin Westoff sitting on the side, just uh, yeah. hoping that someone might um, you know have a, have a cough or something and he can get a game. But uh, <laughs> you know, those, those guys uh, I've. Um, I've followed all their career and watched every game that they've played. Brad Ebert, uh, obviously, um, 
son of uh, Craig, who uh, you know Stephen's best man at his wedding. So uh, obviously I've known I've known uh, Brad for uh, since he was a little baby as well. So um, you know it, it's it's uh, great to see them uh, all involved in a, such a, a big game. You know, imagine. You know, Porter saying, uh, well, the last time we played Richmond in the final here, we did great. Uh, you know, they're saying that we beat them not too long ago. And, uh, and you know, this is our ground, this is our colours, this is our uh, supporters. So they'll be pump, pumping that up that way. And Richmond will obviously be saying, wait a minute, we're, we're the champs here. We're the guys that are experienced at uh, winning flags. And the last time we played them, we had four of our All-Australians out. So, uh, you know, both coaches will be, you know, the mindset of trying to get the players... Uh, to feel calm and uh, believe in what they're doing is, uh, you know, half the half the battle. Just with Port Adelaide, you obviously coached them 273 times. So if anyone is familiar with the cut and thrust of senior AFL coaching and the pressure that comes year to year, week to week, month to month, it's you. What have you made of the story at Port Adelaide in the last 12 to 24 months with Ken Inkley, who obviously put it all on the line in the contractual sense? And if you believe some people, he basically had a foot out the door there for a while and now he's the coach of the year. I mean, do you just shake your head at the 180-degree transformation of his fortunes? Oh, look, I'm uh, I'm uh, envious and proud of, uh, you know, the uh, the club being uh, so supportive, you know, uh, seeing, seeing the, the guy uh, working that, uh, you know, he's got something special about him and... Uh, you know, they're supporting him all the way, you know, uh, and realising that you, you can't get it right all the time. You know, the clubs are always in some sort of uh, build and transition and, uh, you know, um, and, uh, you know, believing in him and you know, the players backing him up. So, fantastic. You know, I think it's got a lot to do with, uh, you know, especially uh, Charlie Dixon not getting injured this year, always being available. Uh, I think uh, having a target in the forward line that doesn't get outmarked brings the ball to the ground. So important for all those smalls. And, uh, you know, I think Stephen Motlop showed last, uh, you know, two weeks ago his value. Uh, you know, people doubt it, but uh, to be able to uh, make that significant influence and uh, calm, the, calm the troops and uh, the crowd and give them confidence, I thought uh, played a significant role as well. So, um, you know, good luck to them. And, you know, speaking of the Aboriginal boys, I think... Maybe seven of the first, uh, five of the first seven goals Richmond kicked last week were Aboriginal boys. So uh, you know everyone better be on their toes because uh, they've got a, a great array of uh, a talent in their side as well. You've got a sharper tactical eye as, as most going around, Chogo. Where, where do you think this game's won or lost? Obviously, you know, Port Adelaide are absolutely wedded to the clearance and territory game, and we know and we've seen it for so long now how Richmond play the game, the handball surge mentality when they try to counter-attack. I mean, what, when you sit down and watch the game tonight, what are the, the key aspects you're keeping a, a sharp eye on? Well, for me, uh, Richmond really... Uh Richmond really own the outside of all the contests. So, you know, Port needs to play outside them so that uh, you know, when the ball gets out, uh, they're the first to the ball. It's a, it's a really important uh, way that Richmond play. Also, uh, I wouldn't uh, allow uh, Grimes, you know, to be a, a spare at the back. I, I'd play six forwards all the time so that, um, you know, Richmond have to compete against uh, even numbers rather than set up their... Um, their ball movement from behind. So that would be the things I'd be doing. Um, obviously, Dustin's a really important player. Uh, I, I don't uh, I don't like Dustin, uh, you know, as a opposition. If, if you let Dustin uh, have an influence in the game, good luck. So uh, I, I'd be, um, you know, playing on the backside of Dustin and uh, trying to uh, 
uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, reduce his uh, influence on uh, what, what he does for the rest of the group. How's the year been, Choco? Um, you were due to coach Werribee, of course. Um, that didn't happen, but your your champion team's website, I'll keep an eye on from time to time. That look- yeah, look, uh, I think... Goals, pardon the pardon. Mark Williams' champion teams. It's been keeping you busy by the looks. Yeah, look, uh, I've had a, a great success of, uh, you know, taking, uh, instead of having individuals uh, live uh, uh, training one-on-one, which I'm about doing now because we're allowed to, but I've done uh, quite a lot of people... Uh, uh, via Zoom, uh, you know, watch some players play in the SNFL and their games and, uh, you know, re- report and uh, give them advice and then uh, also, uh, you know, increase their footy IQ. So I've, you know, got the games, the AFL players, the best players in the competition and show what they do and, and uh, you know, put the, um, the kids and their, their parents who watch, the, watch it with me via Zoom uh, under a little bit of pressure, asking questions and, you know, it works terrifically well, just like I would uh, do with developing uh, AFL players, those that want to get drafted. And there's, as I said, uh, probably five or six from Adelaide that I'm working with currently, and it's uh, it's great. Um, but then the other others I do via Zoom, they just take their iPad or their, their phone down to the local park and uh, they do the training that I ask them to do and uh, give them feedback as we go. And it's amazing you can uh, you can really influence and coach, um, you know, when you're not even there. So... Yeah. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm proud of the fact that I could come up with it and it and it works. So um, anyone interested, certainly get in contact. Didn't know you're a modern technology guru either, but you learn something new every day. And um, I imagine you still throw the old curly question out there, like you would have done at the draft combine all those years ago. A hundred percent. You know, uh, <laughs> even that that time. Uh, you know, I, I I look right back now, and uh, I can I can think almost to the day when I, I had Travis Boak and I opened the computer. <laughs> And showed him uh, centre bounce set up. Okay, what are they doing here? What would you do? Where should you stand? Where do you think the ball's going to go? What happens after? The... And Travis, to this moment, I can remember he nailed it straight away. And I thought, wow, this guy's smart. And mm. you know, one of the things that I always talk about, in, as far as footballers, are they smart? And the, you need to understand the game, where the ball's going to go, and and what the opposition might do, and add all that to your uh, physical and uh, and skill ability, and you, you get a a whole player and, you know, what we've seen, you know, Travis, uh, you know, uh, All-Australian vice-captain and, uh, you know, win the best of service last year and I'm so proud of uh, what he's done. So uh, uh, all all luck to him, all luck to those blokes that have been there for a long time. You know, they go back to 2007 and a disappointing grand final, but uh, mm. they carry those sort of things with them and the fact is they're still chasing it and... Uh, uh, I love the fact that they've still got the opportunity. Yeah, great storylines at Port Adelaide, Choco, and um, particularly Travis Boak, who stayed loyal all those years ago when Geelong came really hard for him. Hey, just with you, though, before we let you go, what do you think you'll be doing in footy next year? I don't know. That's right. I need to talk to you blokes. You, you blokes are actually writing on online that I've talked to the Crows. Now, that is the biggest load of rubbish of all time, and... Uh, there's no chance that I've talked one day to any person from the Crows. So, oh, are we? I was, unaware, uh, I was unaware of that, but I, I was going to ask you about Adelaide. Yeah, well, no, no nothing's happening to me. I'm, uh, I'm uh, really happy uh, doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, uh, I went on the front bar the other night and that was so funny and great <laughs> fun. And uh, so, uh, you know, getting opportunities like that is great as well. But, uh, um, 
lastly, I talk about my share in precision. You know, that, it's playing at 14 um, AFL clubs now, that ball. Yep. Get online. I promise anyone that's listening there, if they're coaches or teachers or kids or, you know, AFL players, if you want to improve your kicking, get one of those. Uh, I promise they work. If you look at Mark Williams' champion teams on YouTube, you'll see a whole lot of videos of how to use it. And I'm... Uh, I'm giving you all my information, you know, for free, just so you, you, you know, improve your kicking. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and I'm so proud that uh, I, I can leave that as a bit of a, um, a legacy to uh, improve footy kicking around Australia. No, and I'm loving the kick doctor as well, Choco, on championteams.com.au. But just before we let you go, so just to be clear, I think it was the Adelaide coach, Matty Nix, who said, I read somewhere, that uh, he'd said the Crows had touched base with you, but you're saying that's certainly not the case about a potential role. No, Exactly right. Exactly okay. right. Uh, and that's that's a fact. So, uh, I, uh, it's always a bit amusing for me. But um, I, I'm uh, linked to a lot of places. But uh, it's a lot harder to get a job than get reported on the on the news. That's all. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mate, the mind is too sharp to not be involved. So we certainly hope that is the case going forward. I, I speak for many people when I say that. Albeit Werribee would be sad to lose you if that was the case. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. It's going to be such a great watch tonight and um, your history is uh, intertwined with both of these clubs, particularly Port Adelaide. We appreciate your insights this morning. Exactly right and uh, imagine uh, next week it's Port versus Brisbane hey? and, and Bossy yeah. involved with Port and uh, that would be an amazing thing, and you know my yes. my journey is to go to and sign first with Brisbane, and now they're having a grand final there. So uh, you know it, it, it justifies the uh, uh, going up there, and uh, it makes me uh, proud to think I was part of that as well. So uh, yeah, good luck. Thank you. 60-odd games for Brisbane as well. Good on you, Mark Williams there, um, the premiership coach for Port Adelaide. Uh, remember, just before we get to the news, to check out Kick Doctor, a live one-on-one coaching, magnificent stuff there from Mark Williams. We'll get to the news now. Plenty more still to come after that. Now, it's time for Chad's Brothers Quiz. Yes, it is. Chad's Brothers Quiz. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, and the prize is a good one. 18 holes of golf for two plus a complimentary drink, all thanks to our friends at Club Mandalay, that must-play course in Melbourne's north. Craig is first online in Cranbourne Open the batting. How are you doing there, Craigie? Good, mate. How are you? I'm going magnificently well in here. Best of luck to you. Five questions. Let's start with number one. Topical centres on Richmond and Port Adelaide's preliminary final meeting tonight, but I wanted to ask you about the last time these two sides met in the finals. How many goals, Craig... Did Port kick in the first quarter after Trent Cochin infamously kicked into that howling headwind? Uh, was it seven? Close, but no cigar. Bad luck to you, Craig. Um, you were very close. Luke is in... Oh, there we go. A bit of a belated... Luke's in Sandringham. How you going, Lucas? Yeah, good. How are you? Going well, thanks, mate. Have you got any idea how many snags... Port slammed on in the first quarter of the last finals meeting with Richmond. Uh, I'm going to say eight. You are correct. It was eight goals. It was uh, game over. Quarter time in that one. That was uh, 2014 elimination final at the Adelaide Oval. All right, Luke, question two. Who plays in the NRL preliminary final tonight at Suncorp Stadium? Uh, Melbourne Storm versus Canberra Raiders. Thank you, Luke. Great to chat to Gary Belcher, the Canberra Raiders. Uh, great earlier on in the program. Question three for you, Luke. Who was the tennis player that fled Russia earlier in the week after testing positive to COVID-19? Uh, Nick Kyrgios. 
any hints? Mm, no, not the first cab off the rank when you've rifled off the last two answers. I mean, that'd be pretty generous, wouldn't uh, it? Medvedev? Incorrect. Worth a stab, of course, whenever you're unsure. Bad luck. Uh, Steve is in Thomastown. Steve, did you catch the question? Uh, quarter. It's a bloody hard one. Uh, <laughs> also, Stan No, incorrect. Incorrect. Bad luck, Steve. I thought maybe you might have had enough time to phone a friend. Perhaps not. Matty's on the road. He can't do that. How you going, Matt? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, we'll ask for a clue because I've got no idea either. Oh, okay. All right. He's. Oh, jeez. How could I give a clue? Uh, but he, he shares the same first name as me. Nothing. Bad luck, Maddie. It's got. What's good to throw? Yep. Um, do you want me to repeat the question? I'm asking uh, who the tennis player was that yeah. fled Russia earlier this week. He tested He tested positive to COVID-19. Yeah, I think it was uh, Sam uh, Query or Query. Correct. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Bang on. Good work, Roseanne. Uh, one down, two to go for you. Who is or who are currently the favourites for the Everest this weekend? Hmm. <sighs> Well, one got beaten, didn't they, the other day? Now, there's one that's a favourite with the bookies, out-and-out out favourite, and then there's one just hot on the heels of it. So I'll, I'll take... Uh, uh, na- nature Strip. One will do. No, uh, Nature Strip, not quite there. Not a bad stab, Roseanne, I've got to be honest with you. It's harsh for me to deny you, but uh, Nature Strip on the second line of betting. Have a good day, Roseanne. Daniel's in Richmond. How are you doing there, Daniel son? Good, thanks, Sam. How are you going? Going all right, thanks, uh, mate. Have you got uh, the favourite with the bookies for us for, for the Everest? Uh, very elegant. No, incorrect. Well, not, on, not what I'm looking at anyway. No, I think this is universal. Bad luck. Uh, big man in Geelong. How are you going, big man? Hello. Hello, big man. Here I come. Here he comes. All right, what do you got? You only got two to two to go. You can swoop in like a big man on Kane's uh, Brothers Quiz. Who's the favourite for the Everest, that. please? Classic legend. Yes, well done. $4.60 with the bookies. And this is for the chocolates, big man. Who's the captain of the Wallabies, please? Oh, um, oh he's got him here. He's got him. I've no idea, son. Oh, big man became a small man right at the end when it mattered most. Bad luck, big man. Gary's in Melton. How you doing, Gaz? Hello, Gazza. No, bad luck, Gaza. Call back if you uh, if you can. Harley's in Barwon Heads. How you doing, Harley? Good, mate. How are you? Hey, we're going all right. Well, you'll be doing better than me if you can uh, knock this one off. This is for the Chockeys. Uh, question five. All I need is the captain of the Wallabies. Uh, Michael Hopper? Oh, yeah. I'll right, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Time, time says we'll give it to you, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Tam was second-guessing it, but uh, we convinced you to give you the chockies. It was Michael Hooper, but close enough, uh, Harley. Well done to you. Um, when it all permits, you're off to play a bit of golf at uh, Club Mandalay. 18 holes of that, plus uh, for two, mind you, and a complimentary drink as well when you're all done uh, at Club Mandalay. Must play course in Melbourne's north. Well done. Absolutely stoked is Harley in Bowen Heads. He's tickled pink with that. Uh, I can only imagine he's fainted with excitement. But uh, he's off to play golf at uh, Club Mandalay. That voucher on its way to Harley. Thanks uh, to you, Harley, and everyone else who took part in Kane's Brothers Quiz. We'll take a little break now. Back to wrap up here on Dwayne's World very, very soon. 
He also gets caught up in the emotions of the game probably a bit more frequently than others do. <laughs> I guess I guess others are able to control their their instincts and reactions perhaps on their on their emotions a little bit a little bit better than what Tom Tom does. But I think you know, there'd be plenty of people out there that would like to see uh, his season come to an end. Oh, I love it. This is what we need. Hamish Hartlett setting the scene, and we chatted about that with Kane Corns earlier on uh, today. Just setting the scene for potentially a spicy one tonight. That's what we want. The preliminary finals, no second chance. Final four. And I've loved your texts already. It's amazing how much we look back on a game so long ago, isn't it? They beat Richmond off a four-day break with seven premiership players out, Jason says in summary, and the Tigers were still up at three-quarter time. Ports out were fringe players. If you have to say you're not intimidated, it usually means you are intimidated. And this one from Nugget, spot on Nugget. Hey, Sam, everyone keeps referencing the Port-Richmond game earlier this year. Geelong beat Port by 10 goals during the year. It means nothing. And this one. Port had 15 more scoring shots, 100 more disposals, 31 more inside 50s, 18 more clearances, 20 more centre clearances. Beat them in marks, marks inside 50, contested possession. The scoreboard doesn't show that game was what the game was actually like. Port Adelaide absolutely pulled Richmond's pants down. Only Richmond supporters believe it was close. And Rollo from Officer, a lot of people get sucked in looking at stats for Richmond games, but they regularly lose the inside 50 count, clearance counts, etc., etc., but still win by six goals. The style they play is an even spread across the board in full motion at all times. I agree with that, Rollo. And Deb's texting, Hi, Sam, all I want is accurate kicking for the Lions. That's it. Oh, Deb, my, uh, my heart is in my mouth when I watch Lions games. You feel nervous for them, don't you? You just want them to be able to get the scoreboard reward that their game deserves most of the time, don't you? Hey, Sean is in South Melbourne. Sean, you want to chat about the Tigers midfield, I think? Uh, yes, Sammy, how are you? Going Good show. Right. Um, listen, um, you'll probably get sick of hearing this all day, but I want to, want to run the uh, midfield last game we played Port by the uh, Port supporters, <laughs> starting <laughs> Lambert, Bolton, Pickett, Jack Ross, and we had Caddy running through there and Dustin Martin playing 65% forward time. Now, in all fairness, that's a, that's a second-tier midfield at best. So I thought uh, just run that by uh, Hamish Hartlett because that one won't even resemble anything tomorrow night or tonight, sorry. So just a thought for the Port supporters there of what they're up against. Let it marinate, Sean. Let it marinate. And um, that midfield you mentioned now reads, uh, obviously, Toby Nankervis, Edwards, Cochin. This is how it's been named. Edwards, Cochin, McIntosh on one wing, Marlon Pickett on the other, Dion Prestia in the middle as well. And we know what sort of football Shea Bolton's playing at the moment. Jack Graham as well and many other players. Dustin Martin, uh, to name just a small profile player, go through there as well. All goes into the mix, Sean, spot on. Hey, Janine's in Nary Warren. How you going, Janine? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Hey, I'm going all right. Thank you for a Friday. Good, good, good. Yes, look, I just want to respond to that Brisbane supporter who rang before. Um, look, mate, if you're going to quote uh, stats, at least get your facts right. He stated that uh, Port had 150 more disposals and 100 more marks, I believe. Is that what he said? He might have said, he might have meant 100 more uncontested possessions. Let me go back and have a I look don't at know. that. He Janine, did say 100 more marks. He I'm might sure have he said, well, they had three more marks. And they had 80 more disposals. Yeah, look, they played all over us. But, um, you know, we only lost by three goals. So, And, look, a much better team in tonight. So I'm hoping we um, give, it, well, we'll give it a real crack. And um, I hope we can come away with the chocolates. But um, it's going to be tough. There's no doubt about that. No Richmond supporter thinks this is going to be a walk in the park. Believe me, this is going to be really, really tough. 
Well, um, you've got every um, reason to be confident, Janine, but um, you're right. You just touched on it. As a neutral, it's a scriptwriter's dream. I mean, you can lodge an argument for both teams, and that's how it should be, second last hurdle of the year. Sure is, sure is. And, you know, I think we've got it obvious, obvious, you know, Captain Obvious. We've got to get away to a good start just to silence the crowd a bit. So, um, well, there's no doubt about it. We'll give it a good crack, and I've no doubt they will too. And, um, yeah, let's hope it's just a really good game. And if it's one-sided, I hope it's Richmond's way, but I think it will be. But, you know, you can always... Hope, can't you, Sam? Good on you, Janine. You can, <laughs> and your team is very well versed at this time of the year. I don't think they'll be intimidated by any stretch of the imagination. They won't be beaten that way, that's for sure. Hey, I touched on it earlier about this morning's smorgasbord that's in, in store for us this weekend, and, and actually the biggest news of the day potentially is two COVID cases in Victoria, no deaths. What a result that is. So that is a magnificent result um, on the COVID front here in this part of the world. And um, as someone texted in earlier, even under normal circumstances, circumstances there would still be no games at Melbourne this weekend Lions and Port with the home games of course that is the case but what a great result that is two COVID cases no deaths um the sporting smorgasbord that's ahead of us AFL preliminary finals this weekend NRL prelims the Everest is on tomorrow 15 million dollar race the richest show on turf of course quarter past four the Caulfield Cup after that the Bledisloe Cup is on game two two o'clock Australian Eastern time on Sunday in that four game series Bathurst the 161 laps around Mount Panorama is Sunday the Super Netball Grand Final is on the comp is at its own Queensland Hub of course it's the Vixens and the West Coast Fever that's one o'clock Sunday on nine the Brownlow Medal is on on Sunday night and that's with all our usual sprinkling of international stuff. EPL, NFL bubbling along as well. The bad news coming on the golf front, which we'll get to in a little bit. The uh, Australian PGA Championship, the men's and women's Australian Open titles due to be played in February will not go ahead due to COVID-19, which is a shame for golf fans out there. We're going to talk all of that and much, much more. We'll embrace you in Nostradamus as well on the other side of the news with Meredith. Great to have Meredith in the newsroom, as always, right throughout the week, doing a marvellous job. As are you off the temper text, flying along. Give us a call any time. The number's one three hundred seven three six seven three six to make your Nostradamus prediction for tonight or tomorrow night. Can't wait for that one either. Brisbane and Geelong. I mean, two really even games on paper, aren't they? And um, we can argue till the cows come home, which you have been doing this morning, which I love. Give us a buzz on that number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And the best caller of the day will win a great pair of burleys. We've got them here. You go to rubber safety boot from Boggs Footwear dot com dot au a huge show ahead of us which will get to right up until 12 o'clock sam edmund uh, sitting in with you for kane corns who has a lot on his plate today cornsy um the captain's run will plow on without him but um we heard from him earlier he's counting down the hours as are we all to this game over there uh, at the Adelaide Oval. Golf Australia, poor, poor, poor. This year would have been the perfect opportunity to look in our own backyard and springboard local talent's career. So that news just before the news that uh, I relate to you, uh, the impact of the coronavirus on Australian sporting continue on the golfing front anyway with uh, administrators announcing the cancellation of those three feature tournaments of the summer. So the Australian PGA Championship men's and women's Australian Open titles. They were due to be played in February next year. But they've already made the call. They will not be going ahead due to the pandemic. Uh, when it comes to football, Port Adelaide's team tonight is better than the one that beat Richmond earlier this year. Howard, Motlop 
Ebert. Maybe not the quality of Richmond's ins, but handy inclusions nonetheless. Uh, no AFL games in uh, Melbourne, but we should be going to Amy to watch the Storm tonight. Jeez, uh, if they lose, will it be Cam Smith's last game? We've nothing official there. But, geez, he's been retired by so many, hasn't he? Um, just a pillar of that organisation with Craig Bellamy. And um, they've got their bogey side tonight. The Canberra Raiders is going to be a fascinating watch if you can manage it. And if you are managing it, how are you managing it? How are we going to watch these two games at the same time? Merv is down at Crib Point on the peninsula there. How you going, Merv? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Excellent. Uh, just wondering how Jack Rewalt keeps getting a game week after week. But his last few seasons have been ordinary, and I'm a Richmond supporter. I just don't understand it. We can't be carrying blokes into these finals and expect to win. When you say last few seasons have been ordinary, you mean last few games? Oh, and the, I don't think he's been very good the last few seasons, but especially the last half a dozen games. Wow. It was the last time he got more than 10 possessions. Uh, well, I don't think he's uh, out there to rack up the disposals, to be fair with you, Merv. I think uh, it'll be, you've got to play Jack Rewalt. You just have to. Uh, proven big game performer. Um, you're a very harsh critic there. And who would you omit him for there, Merv? Oh, well, I would have had Mario Chol on the side rather than Rewalt. So if he can go, go down forward and get a kick. So Rewald's kicked 30 goals, 17 this year. So he's had 47 scoring shots, um, shortened quarters, um, you know, shortened games, obviously. Are you still not happy with that? No, I think he should be getting more of the football, to be honest. OK, all right. Uh, Merv uh, is, is a point made that I haven't heard a lot of, to be honest. I wonder if you get any support for that, Merv. Interesting to hear from Richmond supporters, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I've got to be honest, that uh, jarred with me, but you might have some support. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jack's in Port Arlington. How you going, Jack? Good, how are you? Hey, you're going all right. It's fun Friday in here and the footy's on. We're up and about. Tell me about it. I'm sick of listening to these Richmond supporters, that's for sure. <laughs> Far away, Jack. They've been terrible, for, except for the last four years. Never bringing up Sook and think they're the only club in the league. They need to pull their heads in. Well, isn't this the life of a success, set of supporters for a successful team, though? Doesn't this just change team name, change colours, and it, the supporters behave the same way? Oh, it doesn't it ever. But they, I just, they, they, until they have a sustained success, they can't get on their high horse like they are. Yeah, well, what is it? Two out of the last three premierships, knocked out in the prelim by a, a rampaging Mason Cox, Twenty uh, when was that, 2018? So they're right at the pointy end for the last few years, Jack. It's been pretty sustained and they're back there for more. Yeah, the clubs look at Geelong have been good since 07 and everyone, they forget about that, don't they? Yeah, who are you back for, Jackie? Geelong. Right, confident? Confident. Righto. How much? How much do they win by? Well... Four goals. And Hawkins Island is a raging success and he kicks a bag again? Easily you kick six, I reckon. <laughs> love your call, Jay. Actually, hang on the line. I, I love I love blatant bias. It is magnificent. Hang on the line. We'll get you these pair of burlies. You go to Rubber Safety Boot from Boggs Footwear, boggsfootwear.com.au. Of course, appreciate your call, Jack. And um, I don't know about it, though. Richmond uh, supporters have every reason to be confident. Their team has been magnificent uh, dating back a few years now. Greg's in Murrell Bark. You want to play a bit of Nostradamus with us there, Gregory? 
Absolutely, mate. Um, I've got a little bit of a, a bit of a tip for you, mate. You're going to have to run with me here. Um, history would tell you that uh, Port Adelaide will win because they're at home, unfortunately, because I'm, I'm not a Tiger supporter, but I'm a Tiger lover because I just love them, you know, when they knock off the interstate clubs. But, um, I, look, I don't think the uh, experience is going to do uh, Brisbane any good. I think Geelong are going to give them a bit of a, a tail whipping. And then... Um, Geelong and Port in the grand final, and we all know what happened last time in the grand final when these two blokes met. So I reckon we might be might be back there for a bit of a uh, old fashioned old fashioned shellacking. Jeez, what do you reckon, mate? You're going back all the way to 2007 with that one. Yeah, but I'm an old bloke, mate. I'm allowed to. All you pups can't remember what you did last night. We love living in the past because we remember the eighties when footy was footy. Hey, I'm happy. To be, I'm happy to be called a young pup any time, Greg. Uh, no problems there. Happy on any time. I appreciate it. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Although, did you give us your Nostradamus? You did, didn't you? So uh, appreciate that, Greg. Uh, Margaret's in Sunbury. How you doing, Margaret? Not too bad, Sam. I, I nearly fell off my chair when that guy <laughs> rang up and said that Revolt had. Oh, honestly, he's got rocks in his head. <laughs> I reckon Revolt get three goals tonight. There you go. That was a surprise. And the text, safe to oh. say, aren't exactly with Merv on this one, Margaret. Oh, no. He, he's he delusional. He's, it's early in the morning, perhaps, for him, but uh, we'll give him, a, give him a, you know, boost. Oh, no, he's a drip. Drip, drip. Uh, and uh, the text of Richmond for me tonight. No, yeah, you think they'll, they'll get it done? And who do you think they'll oh, think they'll they play? Will. They'll play next week, Margaret. Oh, Geelong. Geelong and Richmond Grand Final. Geelong. That... That's what I prayed for. A Victorian Grand Final. I'll be the happy lady. Well, it'll be. Oh, gee whiz, that'll be a scriptwriter's dream, won't it? You can't have a bad Grand Final given the Final Four we have, of course, but given Geelong's trouble in recent times with uh, Richmond, um, it will be fascinating. And uh, if that is to pass, that will mean the Cats are five and zip at the Gabba if they beat uh, the Brisbane Lions tomorrow night. So, again, it'll be hard to split them, uh, even if Richmond has a great recent record against the Cats. Appreciate your call, Margaret. Um, <laughs> the text for Merv. Merv must be joking. Jack is a gun. Played some great massive games. Can't believe he should be dropped. Got to be kidding. Even when he doesn't get it, he helps others. That's from Richie Manliza. Spot on. I think Jackie's he has always been that player. If he has a down game, he finds a way to get involved or get others involved. Those deaf little taps, the smothers, the knock-ons, the tackles. Never mind the fact last year's grand final. What was that? All of 12 months ago, he kicked five when they destroyed GWS. So, uh, interesting uh, feedback from Merv earlier on. Um, Rewald has got away with no scrutiny because he's uh, he's favoured. He's everyone's love child. He's had a shocker of a year. I'm expecting this will be his last year. Jeez, Jeff. You and Merv might need to get together over a, a beer. Um, but certainly you're in the minority. Lots of texts coming through supporting uh, Jack Rewalt. Sam, the bloke clearly knows nothing about football. Jack is still in their best 22 and a game changer. That one from Damo. Appreciate it though, Merv. You're entitled to your opinion here and I want to hear each and every one of them this morning. Uh, John's got one too. You're in Taylor's Lakes, Johnny. Good morning, mate. How are you? Going well, thanks. I hope that Jack, the Geelong supporter, is still listening to the station because he needs to pull his head in. I'm a Richmond supporter, and there was decades after decades after decades that Geelong were the handbaggers, <laughs> but they earned their right. They earned their right with Bomber Thompson and the way they performed and won those three premierships to be a total, it'd be looked at as a totally different team. We've won two out of the last three premierships, as you mentioned, mate. We went down to Collingwood just. Cox had a, a day out. 
and we've had a Brownlow medalist. We've had a Norm Smith medalist twice. Um, what more does he want for a bit of respect for the Richmond Football Club? That Jack can go and pull his head in. He doesn't know what he's on about. Uh, John, I'm with you. Um, obviously, I don't have any allegiances to Richmond, but you got to respect uh, the last three years. And if it wasn't for that Mason Cox freak show, you would have played uh, in the last three grand finals with a shot at a fourth. So two flags in the last three years. I'd love to see you, just if you're interested in, in franking form and becoming a dynasty, I'd love to see you win this one um, just to complete an era. Um, you do wonder, and we do see sides over time probably not, not quite maximise their golden periods. Richmond's in that now, and they've got to, um, they've got to frank that, my opinion, John, but certainly, oh, geez, you're, you're definitely top shelf team to beat again this year. We've got just enough time for Jay Jason, uh, before this break, is out in WA. And, Jason, I think this will be welcome. Do you want to give Port some love? Yeah, mate. I was just calling up to um, just tell the Richmond boys to um, to hold their tongues a little bit. I think uh, I think we're, we're due for a bit of a hard hit tonight and everyone's been talking about it. I think uh, I've, I've mentioned to you guys that uh, Jack gets a little scared with some negative crowd interference, and I think that's going to be coming hard for him today. Jack Rewalt, you mean? Yep. He gets a little bit scared by the crowd noise. Yes, he does. I've I've given it to him myself. Right. And you think it it rattles him? I do. Right. You don't reckon he's he's, he's well-versed with that over a a long, long career? Yeah, he's well-versed with the home crowd backing him up, but he doesn't have one this time. <laughs> okay, good on you, Jason. Appreciate your call. Hey, how good is game day, folks? How good is it? Uh, no more talk. Well, just a little bit longer. But then we've got two cracking preliminary finals and just so good to talk about footy and the games this weekend. So I want your thoughts right up until uh, midday. We've got a big show ahead of us here. Lots of guests uh, on the captain's rung, thanks to Apollo League, but we want your thoughts right throughout the day. Don't stop them coming. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You're listening to the captain's run on a fun Friday for Apollo League. ApolloLeague.com. Elevate your career. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Uh, I'm just reading through these texts, to be honest with you. Has a Merv stirred up a hornet's nest in regards to Jack Rewalt? But this one came in. Andrew's done his research out there in Ormond uh, here in Melbourne. Good on you, Andrew. I'll read this one out. On the back of Merv's comments regarding dropping Jack Rewalt for Marby or Chol, Jack Rewalt has kicked the second most number of goals of any player since round 10, and he averages 329 Goals across his career versus Port Adelaide. The best return against any opposition club. That is Andrew going into bat for Jack Rewatt off the back of Merv's comments that he's had a shocker. Not just this year, but I think he said in recent years and uh, needs to be omitted for this weekend's preliminary final. Hey, Sam's in North Baldwin. Sammy, I think you want to talk about the Cats. I do, mate. I, I just want to take you forward one week if we're lucky enough to get there. I can tell you, as a Cat fan and a fan of humanity, we want Richmond. We want to end this dynasty, this non-dynasty, the curse and the scourge of Australian football. Back in 2007, when the game was on its knees and we had two of the worst grand finals in terms of scoring, Geelong saved it. And now the game is facing an existential crisis again. Richmond are good. That's no good for the league. Richmond is good, and we need to put a stop to it. Jeez. And the important Sammy, thing is, you're putting your, you're, you're putting your head into the crocodile's mouth there. Can they win away from the comforts of home? No, they can't. They can't win when they don't get a home final they don't earn. Let's see them do it this year. We want them. Come on, cats.
<laughs> well, so the Cats, uh, Sammy, the recent record against Jill, uh, against the Tigers isn't great. You've won one of your last six, and, jeez, uh, you were comprehensively touched up in uh, round 17, were you not? Yeah, no, nothing game. You know that, Sam. We didn't <laughs> care. They, they were playing for their season. That was at Metricon the too. The... You'll get them on your, your home yeah, fortress Gab- of the Gabba we haven't lost this year. Exactly. Unbeatable at the Gabba. Unbeatable, hopefully. Fingers crossed for Saturday night. But, I mean, we played Richmond in a prelim last year. Had them on toast without the best full forward we've seen in the last, well, seven years. But we... Uh, if we get him back and Mitchie Duncan, we'll be, we want to get over the line this week, but we want Richmond. We want to end the, the non-dynasty. We'll do it for Hawthorne and Brisbane as well. We don't need them sitting around what we did. Sammy from North Ball, and that is perfect. That is preliminary final weekend in a nutshell. Uh, just embrace it. Go into bat for yourself. Not only worrying about winning this weekend, you've already got the grand final sorted out. Appreciate you joining us this morning on the captain's run. Peter's in Essendon. What's happening, Pete? Hey, Sammy. Oh. I just love these Collingwood, Essendon, Cartland, Geelong supporters ringing up and bagging Richmond. <laughs> Jeez, they've got a lot of envy. Now, Sam, the reason I called, tonight's game, just before the bounce, is going to be pushing, shoving, yep, mouthing. Yep. You know the drill. But does everyone forget there's a game of football to be played? Yes. There's yeah. still got to be strategies. There's still got to be, you know, they've got to play to discipline. And um, if Port Adelaide want to bring that press up, the only side that can go through that press with the ball movement, handballing and long kicking, it's Richmond. Peter, this is what makes this game so interesting. And yes, Port Adelaide will bring the press. But make no mistake, they are totally wedded to this game style. And why wouldn't they be? It served them so well. They've been on top of the ladder all year. They've got a home preliminary final. They will play that way. It's a, it's a game that's reliant heavily on centre clearance, Pete. And Richmond have been really good in that area the last couple of weeks, which is outside of their normal DNA. Port Adelaide statistically aren't great at moving the ball from defensive 50, D50 to forward 50. In fact, they're one of the worst sides in the comp at it. They rely instead on winning clearance, getting the ball in that front 50 and pinning it there. But I think you're right. If there's a side that can get through that, it's that surge, handball, chaos game of Richmond and their speed out the back, which is what makes it strategically, as you say, and tactically such an intriguing game tonight for all the bluff and bluster that um, that might go with it. Craig in Coburg, sit tight. Andrew and Reservoir likewise and Kevin in Cranbourne will get to all of you shortly. We've got to take a quick break, but stay patient. We'll come back to you shortly on the Captain's Run. On ECN, the Captain's Run with Kane Corns. Yeah, what he brings to the side is the ability to get the ball to ground, but you know, there's a massive contest there, I think, where young Patton end up you know, getting his head split. That's what Tom brings. He brings aggression. He brings a guy that, you know, if someone wants to take his space, good luck. That's what key forwards do. Dinner's right. They're Charlie at the other end. It's not dissimilar. I mean, Tom Jonas will stay in the way of anything. Um, you know, any of our defenders will stay in the way of anything, and as the Richmond players will. So we expect key forwards to play that way, and Dimmer does too. Damien Hardwick and Ken Hinckley, welcome back to the Captain's Run. Sam Edmund with you, sitting in for a very excited Kane Corns over there in the City of Churches as the clock ticks down. It must be game day because your texts 
off the temper text machine have been magnificent. Keep them coming in. I like this one from Roscoe. Big story tomorrow. Click and Collect has a massive rush on microwaves. Port will smash Richmond in a bruising encounter. Go Cats. Good on you. That's from Roscoe. And uh, Jason's text in from Sunbury Richmond supporter off the back of that uh, Cats call we had earlier about wanting not only to win uh, their prelim against Brisbane this weekend, but hoping they get Richmond so they can stitch them up in the grand final. Well, Jason's text in and reply... And we want Geelong so we can send Ablett out uh, in a losing grand final and deny Dangerfield a premiership again. We love it when Hawkins plays. He never gets a kick against the Tigers and they are oh so predictable. Have your say right up until midday. Craig's in Coburg North. Thanks for hanging on the line, Craig. No, no problem, Sam. I wanted to get your opinion on something. I read last night that what uh, the AFL are doing, they're digging up a patch of turf from the uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground from the Gold Square. It's going to be three metres by one metre, so quite a sizeable patch. They're putting it into a truck with uh, carefully environmentally controlled uh, conditions in this truck, and they're going to drive it all the way up to the Gabba, and they're going to dig a, a piece out of the Gabba, and they're going to pl- trans- supplant, transplant this piece of... MCG turf into the Gabba. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts. My own thoughts are I've never heard anything more uh, childish or ridiculous. I'm a critic of what I call um, <coughs> MCG worship and how the Australian football, the, the game and the league is compromised by MCG worship. And we already have this grand final, which is supposed to be Brisbane Day. We already have. Uh, we have to stop for five minutes for Mike Brady to sing. Hey, Craig, sorry to cut you off. We've got to get to the news. I can answer your turf question on the other side of that. Sorry, mate. Hang on the line and we'll get to the turf next. Great to have your company as well on the Captain's Run. All thanks to Apollo League, apolloleague.com. Elevate your career. Apologies to Craig out in Coburg North who rung in just before the news, which we had to take on time with Meredith. But he was questioning the uh, motives and uh, the reasoning behind the relocation of that chunk of MCG turf, which has um, created some headlines, hasn't it? I mean, my understanding is it's paid for by Rebel, a sponsor, and it's not actually being laid out on the Gabba, but rather on the players' race that the players will run out onto just a political st- uh, pu- a stunt, if you like, a sponsor stunt, bit of publicity um, and a tribute to the hallowed turf of the MCG. But the timing is impeccable for this man. He's the general manager of the Gabba, Mark Zundans. He can explain it far better than I. Thanks for joining us this morning, Mark. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, tell us about this uh, little piece of turf that's stirred up... Uh, a lot more conversation than the size of it itself. It's been transported up there. Am I right in saying that it's going on the player race rather than the ground itself? Yeah, that's right. It's just on the edge of the field and it's uh, essentially just a bit of a sentimental connection to the uh, the home of the game and uh, the home of the grand final at the MCG and just trying to provide some connectivity for both the players and also for, uh, I suppose, the people of Melbourne to have some connection back into the gather. Yeah, and while we're on the subject of turf, Mark, I think I speak for everyone who's watched the game this year from the start to the end. It has held up so remarkably well with the increase in traffic. It must be really proud of the pristine condition that it's in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it just looks an absolute treat. Uh, it's playing fantastic. Uh, you know, we're really, really happy with the feedback we've received. And uh, again, we're just really excited about what we've got to offer in the coming weeks. And you must be heartily sick of questions about due. 
<laughs> Look, I, I think when it comes down to it, the playing conditions are the same for everyone. Uh, you know, at the end, and when it comes down to it, the teams will actually put on a spectacle. Uh, we're really excited about what's coming in, and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to the grand final next Saturday. And before we get to that, there's a massive game tomorrow night. Of course, uh, the Brisbane Lions set the scene for us there. I mean, the Lions in a home preliminary final. You have to go back a fair way. Um, what's it like up there and around the stadium at the moment? Oh, look, it's really, really exciting. You know, I suppose it's finishing touches in terms of the building itself, but across the board, I think that there's an absolute buzz around the town uh, just supporting the Lions. Uh, the Lions being probably the, the uh, most successful team in Brisbane this year is uh, is definitely helping that. But, uh, you know, we're really, really excited. 30,000 fans here tomorrow night. Uh, looking at 30,000 again for the grand final. And, uh, you know, there's just a real buzz around the town. Yeah, so just on the grand final, Mark, obviously there were some headlines during the week that the AFL had, had perhaps um, lobbied the, the government and um, various other um, people responsible for these things to, to get an increased crowd in. Can You, you mentioned 30,000 there. Where's it all at with crowd specifics for grand final day? Yeah, so 30,000 is the approved crowd. Uh, you know, like anyone, I think that uh, everyone would love to see a full house and everyone would love to see uh, you know, the place packed and, and really heaving. But when it comes down to it, everyone uh, has to follow the advice of the, of the, of the health in Queensland. Um, Queensland Health will actually guide uh, exactly what that number is. They've been very open and said 30,000 is the number. If we get to a point that there are some uh, changes over the coming week, we're ready and uh, agile and, and able to take on extra numbers. But we're anticipating 30 being the number and uh, anything on top of that will be a bonus. So you don't think it'll change, Mark, is what, you, what you're saying? To the capacity, what, 40, around 40, isn't it? 42,000? Yeah. No chance? We, we, sit, we sit around 39,000 in AFL mode. Uh, realistically, we are just planning on that 30 at this stage. But for a venue increasing by 5,000 or whatever it may be, is not a massive shift, um, so we'd be able and, and uh, willing to uh, accommodate the extras, but it really comes down to health advice. We've got to the point that we have now by following the advice, and, and we don't intend to change that. Obviously, for people in my part of the world, it's also foreign seeing crowds at the football. Logistically, what's it been like um, getting people in and out of the ground this year um, with, with all the layers of, of COVID-19 protocols and the precautions you need to take and put in place? Look, I think that the biggest uh, asset has been the behaviour of the fans themselves. They've followed direction. They've uh, tried to maintain distance where possible. Uh, everyone's followed the direction of both the staff as well as the police in the, in the uh, precinct, the transport staff. For this weekend, we've got some additional measures in closing down some, uh, some roads, both in Stanley Street and Bolter Street, which surround the venue, uh, making sure we've got extra transport services available to get people in and out safely. But I, again, I can appreciate how foreign it is for someone who's in the current Victorian situation, but we've been extremely fortunate in Queensland that we have had these uh, progressive increases. People are, are getting used to it. And we've had really positive feedback with up to 90% of people saying they'd love to come back for another game in the current format. And obviously you never thought in your time you'd be, be looking after a grand final at the Gabba. Um, you must be excited with the halftime and pre-game entertainment, which is going to be different in a different sort of a grand final this year. What, what are the logistics, Mark, around setting something up like that? 
Look, we've had some uh, you know, concert events here that have been uh, large scale as well, but we're uh, really excited about the opportunity that uh, this brings and the challenges it brings for the venue. Uh, you know, the production team have done an amazing job putting together uh, some quality entertainment around the uh, COVID conditions at the moment. Uh, the crowd will be included in, as part of the entertainment as well, which will uh, probably take shape over the next week or so. Really, really exciting for everyone who's going to be present and hopefully a great spectacular uh, uh, opportunity for people who are watching it on TV. And Mark, with the first ever night grand final as well to go with it on a, on a, on a day of so many firsts, the, the bounce is 6.30. Can you paint the picture of what the Gabba looks like at, at 6.30? Will, will the sun have disappeared down behind the stands long ago? Will sun be a factor in any way, shape or form? The sun won't be a pl- uh, factor for the players, but I think that it'll uh, cast a beautiful glow over the venue. I think there'll be some amazing shots of both the Gabba and Brisbane uh, right around that bounce time. Uh, again, uh, you know, the spectacle that's going to come with it being played at night, uh, the excitement of the uh, the build-up through the day is just going to be another level as well. Uh, there's nothing that can be uh, said that's uh, you know, in the, such a terrible time for the world at the moment. What a wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate. Oh, it's going to be magnificent. And, Mark, for those that are lucky enough to be going and will be there and who might be listening this morning, Grand Final Day, obviously, traditionally at the MCG, there's a lot of space there uh, uh, around it in the park and, and the parking precinct for, for I guess, tailgate parties, as it were, and lots of corporate setup. You, you unfortunately don't quite have that space at the Gabba. What, what's sort of happening around all the traditional sort of corporate setups and um, fan engagement and live site setups around the Gabba, which is largely landlocked? Yeah, so, so COVID has probably put a very different spin on that as well. Uh, there will not be any activations around the Gabba itself that will be encouraging congregations. So there isn't actually a live site as such around the venue. Uh, but throughout Brisbane, there are a number of different uh, locations, such as South Bank and within the city and the like, that people can go, get along uh, and uh, be festive and the like in a COVID-safe environment. Uh, again, those sorts of uh, opportunities exist away from the Gabba, but around the Gabba itself, short of people who've booked into local businesses and uh, and the cafes and the like, uh, there really isn't too much that's going to be happening on the outside, purely to try and discourage that congregation. And uh, you know, as much as anything, we're trying to uh, make sure that we keep people safe through this. And just on that congregation, Mark, I know you're not a health expert, but obviously traditionally post-grand final, there's laps of honours, there's hugs and backslaps and cuddles with family members and fans in the crowd. What will the players be allowed to do? Will that be a stop put to that? Oh, look, they'll still be doing their lap of honour and they'll still be getting around. Uh, you know, uh, fans will be discouraged from moving down to the fence line, which clearly will be a challenge, but at the same time we have got plans in place for that. Uh, we want to make sure that people can celebrate as normally as possible in the current circumstance. But like with any of the advice that we've provided, you know, it is still about maintaining that distance where, you, where it is possible. And we're also encouraging people to wear masks if where the distancing is not possible. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, we'll be doing everything that we can to maintain a safe environment whilst replicating as much as possible the traditional pieces that people look forward to. Yeah, it's such a difficult juggling act for you, isn't it? And you've done a great job of it all season. So even though you'll have 30,000 people there, no one will be allowed to obviously sit on the fence or go anywhere near the fence post, post-match? Look, well, we'd be trying to discourage people from that. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, it is about people's safety first and foremost. Mm. 
Yep, absolutely. And a question, uh, well, more of a statement, rather, off the text. We get live text messages in here as we speak, Mark, and um, a shout-out to you and your team. Need to give credit to the Gabba officials. Face masks available on entry and attendance everywhere to assist. So the fan experience, uh, even with all the hurdles you've had to encounter this year, Mark, has been um, top-notch, it seems. Oh, look, yeah, it's fantastic to hear that sort of feedback. We take a lot of pride in everything that we've done here this season. Uh, you know, six months ago, no one would have thought that a game would have been possible with a crowd, let alone a grand final with 30,000 people. So, mm. you know, this is a celebration for people of Queensland, but more broadly, it's a celebration for people uh, in terms of starting to return to some sort of normality around COVID. Yeah, spot on. I think there was a lot of debate. While there was a lot of debate about where the grand final should be played, WA, South Australia, obviously your neck of the woods. I think um, all footy fans uh, owe a debt of gratitude to Queensland and the Gabba. It's a big responsibility to host the grand final, but one that... Um, I'm sure you'll embrace. You can do a great job of it. Can't wait to watch it, Mark, and thanks for joining us. Fantastic. Thanks for the opportunity to chat. That is Mark Zundans there, the general manager of the Gabba, who, um, gee, the turf has been... A lot of debate about turf going up from the MCG. Forget that. The turf at the Gabba has been... Nothing short of first class for the increase in traffic, which obviously is so difficult to plan for. They've done a magnificent job. And if the texts are anything to uh, go by that uh, that I've received this morning, then everyone who's been to the Gabba this year has had a, a great experience. Andrew's been really patient from Reservoir. Thanks for hanging on the line, Andy. It's okay, Sam. How are you today, mate? Going well. It's, it's a fun Friday. It's game day. You've got to be happy. Yes, well, I'm enjoying the argy-bargy between the uh, Port supporters and the Richmond supporters. It wouldn't be another uh, final series if we didn't have that, of course. But uh, I think little uh, has been paid to the fact that can people think back, did we think in March when this broke out, the coronavirus and ISO life, that we'd ever actually get a football season done the way it's gone? There's a lot of people who are not yet being applauded because of the work that's gone in to get this football season to the stage that it is, that we're even playing two preliminary finals this weekend. I think you're spot on, Andrew. And as we've seen this morning, there's still sporting events being cancelled that aren't due to be held uh, for for several months. So, I mean, the fact that we've got a season, we've got 30,000 people going to games this weekend and uh, and a grand final with crowds is just, I think you're right, maybe in the fullness of time when it's all said and done, Will we really sit back and just marvel at the fact that we got it off the ground? Oh, for sure, because, I mean, even this morning it's been announced that the three major... Yeah. We've only got three major golf tournaments in Australia. They're all being cancelled this year. So if people uh, are not paying enough attention to the fact that we got the season away, they're, uh, they're mistaken. No, absolutely, Andrew. Very well said. The logistics are just eye-watering that uh, the AFL and the money at stake as well and the money that's been lost to the game. I know they cop a lot of stick uh, at the AFL, but it's just incredible what they've been able to do this year. Thanks for your call, Andy, um, from Reservoir. Magnificent. Does it matter now that players touch fans off the Temper Tech? Season will be over. No threat to it. Just not a good look, but going to be hard to stop. That was interesting with Mark Zundans there. What will the traditional lap of honour be like? He stopped short of saying fans would be categorically stopped. I think he used the words discourage from going to the fence. Gee whiz, sort of reminds me of the thought of holding back uh, the hordes of fans when someone kicks 100 goals on field. Back in the back in the olden days, they couldn't quite stop that from happening. But um, with so much at stake here, potentially with COVID, well, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, you can have your say on that, of course, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or via the temper text. We'll clear a break now. We'll come back on the other side of this. Gee whiz, there's a big preliminary final in Melbourne this weekend. After all, it takes place tonight. The Melbourne Storm at Amy Park. 
Well, against their bogey side, the Canberra Raiders, not at Amy Park, of course. Probably could be, should be. It's not. That's a deeper debate. It's at Suncorp Stadium. Old habits die hard. Uh, Melbourne Storm, regardless, in action in a preliminary final. Going to be huge. And Gary Belcher, the NRL League great, is going to run his eye over that and all things NRL on the other side of this. With Kane Collins. Oh, geez, he's not going to like that, our man. Uh, it's time to talk NRL preliminary finals, and we do so with the league great and, rather importantly, Raiders legend Gary Belcher. How are you going, Gaz? Happy to talk to you, Sam. Filthy at Ben, just the <laughs> producer. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Well, you, said you're... you're going for the storm tonight. I said, mate. <laughs> No. <laughs> only, he only played 148 games for the other mob, so uh, we tread warily here when we preview this preliminary final. But uh, it's <laughs> going to be with as li- little bias as possible. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely magnificent. What you would say about the Melbourne Storm before we indulge your Raiders is that the record is extraordinary. I mean, what is it now? The last six prelims, 12 of the last 15. They've been in, have they? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't know exactly, but I know they've been. Uh, the standout side for the last probably 15 years, or ever since Craig Bellamy's been been there, and and not, not coincidentally, Cameron Smith has been around as well. So yeah, they've been the uh, the most consistent side over that that last decade and a half. They have been um, yeah, they're, they just and they kind of creep up on you every year. People go, oh, they've lost another player or two. They've lost Billy Slater. They've lost Cooper Cronk. They've changed. Um, you know some of their personnel, but uh, the, the, those constants there in Craig and, and and Cameron, and maybe it's just the whole the whole setup. It's um, it's been outstanding. Gaz, your old mob though, they've got a way of just getting not under their skin, but upsetting the apple cart when it comes to the storm. Now they split their two meetings this year, but obviously you go back to the first qualifying final last year, and the Raiders shocked them down here at Amy Park, twelve ten. So yeah. what, what's your what's your read on it? Uh, well, I read it on uh, fingers, toes, everything crossed and just hoping my boys have a have a great night. Look, it's a hell of a good side too, the Canberra Raiders. They made the grand final last year and, and weren't, uh, you know, went within a whisker of winning it. So this, this could go either way. The Melbourne Storm, uh, they've been camped up, as you guys would know, they've been camped mm. up on the uh, Sunshine Coast. They've adapted pretty well, haven't they? They've played their games up there, but yeah. they don't lose. They don't lose mm. and haven't for a long, long time up in, up in, um, in Queensland. I'm going to be heading over the border myself this afternoon, heading it to a game for the first time since round two. So can't wait to actually go there. But, yeah, they play great um, in in Queensland. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's any, you know, guarantee they're going to win, but it's a, it's a nice... Uh, I guess it's nice in the back of their minds for all the players to know that they're um, they performed there plenty of times and done so really well. Yeah, and fresh off a week's break, the Storm, of course, uh, a fair comeback uh, in the qualifying final, ten zip down to to roll the Eels thirty six twenty four. What's your what's your read on the whole Cam Smith situation, um, Gaz? So much said about him. He's been retired by so many. If the Storm do lose tonight, what do you think will happen if you go, as you gaze into your crystal ball? Uh, I, I really don't know. So effectively, it could be his last game. Yep. And it could be the retirement of, of arguably the greatest player in um, in the mod- modern game. But we just don't know. And I, you know, whilst there's, there's been some in the media who say he's very selfish, he's got to make a decision, he's got to help the Storm decide what they're going to do next year with his understudies, Harry Grant and Brandon Smith... I think it's actually the opposite. I think he's been extremely unselfish and he doesn't want to make... If he had told us a month or two ago that he was retiring, even this week, 
the whole, every game, every match would be about his last performance at a certain ground, the last chance to lead his team in a semi-final. You know, it would all be about Cameron, and in, and by not doing that, it hasn't been about Cam. Now, I'm not suggesting he's actually going to retire, but he's got to be bloody close to it. If it's not this year, it's got to be next year. So, mm. no, no one knows. No, not even his dad knows. He hasn't. He, I don't think he's even made his mind up, Cameron, about <laughs> what he's going to do next year. So we'll. Just have to park that away to the side, and if we get an announcement, we'll all, we'll all celebrate the uh, the great man. Yeah, so much intrigue over it, isn't it? That's incredible. Yeah. Hard, to get a, hard to get a read on, as you say. Well, before we get to the other prelim on the Saturday, of course, it's uh, the Panthers and, and the Rabbitohs at ANZ Stadium. What do, what do the Storm do with someone like you know Dale Finucane, who hasn't played for quite a while now, but's been named on the extended bench? Yeah, I I heard this morning actually it was. From a bit of a dodgy mate of mine, so I might be right. I heard that he was, uh, he's been past fit and he's going to play, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. So they don't need to name their um, mm. their final makeup of the side until close to the game. He might he might still um, he might still come on. He's had a he's had a calf injury. And I think he's missed about the last nine weeks. So from my experience, he must have re-injured it training, trying to get it right. And they can hang around and hang around those things. So um, there's every chance they'll just go without him and, and have him on standby for next week if they get through for the grand final. Uh, he's a hell of a good player. He's yeah. really important to them. But they've got great depth. They've got they've got outstanding replacements. So um, if, if there's any doubt about him, they won't play him. And what about someone like Cam Munster, Gaz? I mean, how, how fit would he be? I, good question. Um, mm. Hopefully not very. He's got a crook <laughs> knee. Um <laughs> And there's, there's uh, it's, I think he's, he's injured his knee three times this year. So there's every chance he's going to get through the last few games. Oh, he's a tough bugger. It doesn't matter what happens to him. He's going to, he's going to, unless he's, he physically can't run, he'll, he'll stay on the field and have a big influence on the game. But he'll, he'll have to get surgery at some point. Now, th- th- then, what all of these players have got to consider, a lot of these players have got to consider, is, is state of origin is going to happen after the season this year. So after the. A week and a half after the grand final, a state of origin, the first of three yeah. games. So he, he might have to, he'll have to make a, a big call on whether he gets surgery straight away or he tries to get through the um, the origin series and and that sets back his start for next year. But at forefront for him would be just playing this week and getting his team into the grand final. Okay, well, I, I know uh, you've got your foot well and truly in the green machine camp, so we appreciate you indulging us with a bit of storm chat. What about the... Well, you didn't talk about Canberra at all. Yeah, well... What's going on? Yeah, all right, You, then, just, all right, you just want to talk about... Mel- yeah, I, know I, I do, to be honest, Melbourne, but, but okay, well... talk a bit about the well, mighty green machine. Well, I'm a bit worried, Gaz, because we're coming up to the news. I don't know how long you're going to talk about the green machine for, but okay, no. let's throw it out. Let's throw it out there. Uh, argue your case Jack, for the Jack green White. machine. Yeah. Jack Whiten is the uh, the gun 5-8. It's so similar to Ken Munster. Look out for him. Uh, he can really turn a game on its head. And big Josh Papali up front has been outstanding. So, mm. yeah, we've got a chance anyway. I just wanted to have a little bit of balance to the conversation. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're well set up. I mean, it was a great win, obviously, last week, reversing uh, last year's result, of course, as well. So, I don't know. It's a, the age-old debate, isn't it? Is it better to have the week off or is it better just to keep the ball rolling? Well, I think the Raiders the week before were a little bit scratchy when they uh, they played the Sharks and had a win. I'm, the worry for me for Melbourne is they, they rested about 10 or 12 players mm, mm. Uh, in the, the the lead up to the first final, their last game. Then they So they 10 or 12 of them had a week off. They played their first final, won, and then they've all had a week off again. So they could be a little bit underdone early in the match. And, it would take a little while to get into it. Hopefully it will. And would your Raiders 
I mean, how much would they look back on that final last year? I mean, if the same pillars are in place at Storm, you know, the method probably hasn't changed a heck of a lot. Do they go back to that qualifying final last year where they got the chockies? Uh, maybe the coach does and, yeah. and assistant coaches and say, hey, this is some of the stuff that worked for us. Yeah, I, I, perhaps they do. It was a really tight win. But I think they realise with Melbourne Storm, it's a, it's a full 80-minute performance. If you, don't, if, you, if you clock off at any time at all, you're in, in massive trouble. So they have to, have to be um, on their game the whole, the whole 80. Okay, let's talk about the other one, the, the Panthers and the Rabbits at ANZ on the Saturday. How do you see that one playing out? Well, the Panthers have been the best side for most of the year and certainly in the last, you know, since we came back from COVID, they've been absolutely outstanding yeah. and, and deservedly a favourites for this game and for the grand final. Having said that, the Rabbitohs in the last three or four weeks, probably three games, have just been almost unstoppable, racking up plenty of points. Came back from a, a slow start last week, actually both last week and the, and the week before in their semis, their finals against the Eels and Knights and, and managed to rack up big scores. And three weeks ago in their last competition round, put on 60 points on the, the yeah. premiers, the, uh, the, the last two grand final winners, the Roosters. So they are in outstanding touch. Um, I, I think it'll be the Panthers. They've, they've been defending really, really well, and that's been the, one of the, uh, the hallmarks of their game. So well, I think that's going to be an outstanding game as well. Look, honestly, Sam, the four best teams have made it through, and mm. people could argue, what about the Roosters? Well, they were just... I think they'd just physically and mentally been worn out from being up for so long the last couple of years and being being hunted. But these four teams are uh, are the best sides in the comp at the moment. But it sounds the fairy tale story of the year. I mean, to come from six, a real crack at it, obviously at making the, the big dance and a real head of steam up. I mean, every every year we have a fairy tale. Everyone's second team, if you like. Is that South this year? Not yet. No, no. But if, if they make it through the grand final, last year it was the Raiders, and <laughs> the day we made it to the grand final, it didn't matter about the fairy tale. It was. It didn't finish the way they wanted, and this mm. year it, it, it would be the rabbits if they make it through. But um, they've got to get they've got to get past the Panthers at uh, at Homebush on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, and that is a big task, as you say. It's going to be fascinating, uh, Gary. Can't wait for it. Um, I'd like to wish you the best of luck. Uh, we we do love you here at SEN, so I will do that. But do I really mean it? Possibly not tonight. But uh, nevertheless, the side you represented so well for nearly 150 games are in it up to their eyeballs. It's going to be a fascinating watch tonight. Thanks for joining us. Hope so. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Gary Belcher there, uh, league great Raiders icon. His green machine up against our Melbourne Storm tonight at Suncorp Stadium. 7.50 will be a ripper. And then the following night, Panthers hosting the Rabbitohs at ANZ Stadium will be fantastic as well as the NRL, like the AFL, get down to their final four. Two big prelims coming up this weekend. News is coming up. Meredith Gibbs on standby there. We'll have a chat to you on the other side of that. Yes, it is. Great to have your car company on the captain's run. Sam Edmund with you. Uh, Kane Corns just too nervous to come on over there in Adelaide today, so filling in for him right up until midday. Your texts have been an absolute delight. I like this one from Pete in Bayswater. Richmond fan here. Just like to mention, we came back at Port twice from 20 points down to lead at three-quarter time last time with our VFL midfield. Tonight will be totally different, but how much better can Port play tonight? Good on you, Pete. Keep that back and forth coming on. Um, I look forward to the next chapter of Port Adelaide fan returning fire. This man is certainly not that. He's a 1980 premiership star for the Richmond Football Club. Three times an All-Australian, three-time VFL Team of the Year, twice a Richmond Best and Fairest. He is a punt road icon. His name's Dale Waitman. Thanks for joining us, Flea. Not a problem, Sam. And uh, how are you feeling? Uh, what are we talking here? Eight or nine hours out from the bounce. Uh, what's, your, what's your mood like at the moment? 
Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad, <laughs> I suppose. Look, it's a probably a bit different. We're not actually get going to the game, but we'll have to sit back and watch it on the uh, yeah. TV and scream and yell at it, whatever. And usually it's about the umpires, but that's, that's part and parcel of being a supporter. <laughs> you know, everyone's got to give it to them. Cause, <laughs> but we, we, apparently we need them, so we've got to, we've got to cut that. But, oh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward... I know that, uh, you know, no, the, the club, they look, the players, eh? they're looking forward to the challenge. The yeah. challenge of playing a side over there that's sat on top for virtually the whole year on their home deck with all their um, supporters. So uh, it'll be another another great challenge for the Tigers. It will be indeed. And the viewing experience you touched on is just oh so different from this time last year. I mean, obviously, as you say, we can't go. So at home there, what's your viewing set up like for you? Have you got something soft close by that you can wrestle with or rip apart or something to sort of take your frustration out on? No, I, I actually, I've got uh, three, three sons that... Uh, that, that'll sit around here. One of them's a lunatic, young Kyle. He uh, he goes off. He'll get up and yell, yell around. He actually scares the crap out of me, out of our dog. So yeah, I sit back and look at him and think, uh, Sonny, you're not at the MCG where he usually yells and carries on. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll sit back and, uh, and take it all in and and uh, have a look at the, the way the tires are going. Well, I hope for your neighbours' sake uh, it goes well for Richmond or they could be in for a tough night tonight, uh, the neighbours to the left and right. I would have thought the Waitman clan would be um, well-versed in this at the moment, though, Flea. It's the fourth straight prelim, chance of a third flag in four years. I mean, these are these are golden years. Oh, they certainly are. Look, I, you know, I was part of that uh, mm. way back in 1980 and then 82 was the last final I played in. Then we had to wait so many years up until 2017 and I when you got the chance to actually uh, keep winning and winning, it beats the, the crap out of losing, I can tell you. So, oh, look, we're enjoying it. You know, there's no doubt about that. It's uh, the whole, the supporters have been fantastic at the Tigers, even when we were, you know, uh, building up, building up. We, we were still having it. We had still 70-odd thousand, you know, the thousand the last couple of years. And also uh, in this time of uh, uh, the pandemic, where we're still got 100,000 members. So, we, uh, they stick pretty fat, the Tigers, and uh, 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 no doubt they'll be all sitting around the TV and the ones that can actually get there in uh, Adelaide will do so. You did touch on something there that we spoke briefly about earlier, Flea, and that is, you know, when you have these golden runs as they are that we're seeing with Richmond at the moment and you had back in, in 1980 and you, you were part of the, that winning side and then you lost in 82, you know, just the importance to Frank this run of form and sustained period of dominance with multiple premierships or it's, you know, we often look back at some teams who have done that and then others like Essendon that probably should have got more out of their their uh, their dominance in, in and around the year 2000. I mean, you've got to keep winning them, don't you, because nothing's forever. You're not, you're not wrong there. And I suppose uh, the biggest thing with uh, all the clubs that have actually had won multiple premierships have had a really good run club, they've all been run really well, got everyone involved and so forth and it's not just one or two people taking the accolades the whole club is involved in it and that's that's where you become a strong club, they're all heading in the, in the same direction and uh, I know the Tigers have uh, put a fair bit of work in, in that with the, on and off the field where they've, uh, you know, everyone's included and that's what you need to be, everyone right down from the boots out right up to the the CEO and Brenna Gale and PGML. Well, that's, that's what makes the club so great. And, of course, when you've got 
supporters like the Tigers that don't mind uh, letting you know if things are not going right. They actually, you know, they appreciate that and that's fine. That's what it's all about. That's what footy's about. It's a passionate game. Uh, Flea, someone like you who played, what, 274 games, you represented the state 20 times, as I said, uh, three times an All-Australian and uh, VFL Team of the Year and Best and Fairest, and the list goes on and on. As someone who was a high-profile player, what have you made of, I guess, the, the narrative that's formed around Tom Lynch uh, this season? <laughs> I laugh at it. I laugh at it. He's a competitor. He's a, he's a competitor. He might uh, do a couple of things that maybe, you know, a little offline, but he plays in a position that uh, I think he, he you know, at full forward, I know that the, the guys are up, if you're any good at full forward or in the forward line, blokes have been belting in the back of the head and all that kind of stuff. So when you've got a chance to actually let them know that, hang on a minute, uh, I'm here. And you saw, uh, I suppose, against uh, a mob we played the other week, St Kilda, where, you know, they, they think they sit under it. They'll run straight through your champ and they jump on and do it you know, you'll cop it, and then you're thinking, oh, next time I've, I've got to stand un- under him, <laughs> will, I, will I do it or not? Look, he, he's, um, he, he, he uh, lives... Look, and, and what makes really good players is the competitiveness. They want to be part of it. They want to be so they're, they're uh, what they can do and can't do. Uh, the, uh, the little... Um, I suppose he's getting back to the little knee in the, in the thing... Uh, on his shoulder and that, the, the guy, I suppose, he was upset about giving away 50 or whatever, and, and it was probably one of those things. It's, um, I, it's when you're playing in the moment, and I, I hear a lot of comments from guys, oh, in the meeting, oh, I don't know if he should do that, I don't know if he should do that. Fair get, have a look at what you've got to do to actually get to that area on the footy field. They play in the finals. It's full on. Mm. You need to be actually get the Whatever it is, and sometimes you've got to be careful on on the on how you do it. That's the way it's played now. But I I look at him and I love him because he's competitive. What he does, he actually um, brings the ball to the ground, and we've got some little blokes up there in the side that actually love it because they know he ain't going to get marked against. The ball's going to hit the ground, and I've got an opportunity to then grab the footy and use it to the best I can and kick a goal. So I'm, I'm quite okay with it. We're speaking to Richmond icon Dale Waitman. Flea, is there, so there's no worry in your mind that he perhaps just goes the wrong side of that fine line that he's on and gets himself suspended if Port seek to get under his skin tonight? Oh, there's no doubt Port will. That's fine. You know, and that's, that's all part and parcel, I suppose. Yeah. But I think he's, uh, he's, uh, he's smart enough to realise that. And, and no doubt the, uh, the coach and staff have said, look, we want you to actually hit the ball hard and do all those things, but try to... You know, just keep away from those little niggles that you'll get. There's no doubt they'll they'll be in his face, but that's what you, that's what you you play this game for to see how you how you cop that kind of stuff. You know, over over the careers of uh, many people, some people can handle it, mm. some people can't. So if he steps over the the line, and no doubt um, there'll be fourteen thousand cameras on him tonight. They'll be all. Any, what's he doing here? What's he doing there? Whatever. All I can say, thank Christ, there wasn't that many photos around what I played. <laughs> I was just going to say, things have changed, haven't they? Hey, we, oh, fantastic. <laughs> were you surprised that uh, Marby or Chole didn't come in? Oh, look, oh no, not really. Um, one, one thing about Marby, Marby's going to be a great talent for the Richmond Footy Club, but what he's got to do is learn what uh, Lynchy does at the moment. When it's your turn to compete, even though you can't, you don't think you're going to mark the ball, 
you've got to make a contest. He's a big, strong lad. But at the moment, he's, he's trying to get... He's only a young kid. He's, he's just learning the ropes. That what you've got, even though you've got no hope of marking the ball, you've still got to make a contest. You've got to mm. bring to the ball to the ground. And actually, that's what you're there for, big fella. You're actually there. You're six foot, you know, nearly seven foot. You're big and strong. Once he gets the use of what he, his body can do, he'll be a great asset to the Richmond Footy Club. So who gives Nank the chop out then in your mind, Flea? Obviously, we saw Dave Asprey, but I think Noah Bolter really turned some heads when he had a crack at it uh, last week as well. Who comes in to offer the ruck relief? Yeah, well, he was uh, funny to talk about Noah Bolter. The, my son that actually uh, uh, jumps up and down like a lunatic carp, and he played in... Uh, one one grand final come up at, at, at junior footy at Strathmore and played against Nala and he destroyed him. He was a big big kid then and athletic and so forth and 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 he can actually play in the ruck. I've seen him. He he, he dominated the ruck because he could run and jump. He's an mm. athlete and and that's one of the things that uh, he's really the best about this year is he's actually starting to show a bit of poise. Don't forget there was a there's a bloke that, uh, got I think five or six. Uh, all the strains in the row in uh, Alex Rance was just saying he, he had all the athleticism and all that kind of stuff. Took him a while to actually say, oh, okay, I've got to be. We all, everyone was, when he first started, said, oh, he wins the ball now, but he doesn't show any poise. Now, both are starting to show the poise, getting used to the fact that this is what you've got to do. And, he, and he's used to what league footy's all about. And only if he's becoming confident. So he could, he could quite easily do that. And, and Dave Aspie, look, you need to make a contest. And one thing about the last time we played, they battled us out of the seven. I think they got it inside 50, about 60 times, and we only got 27 or something. So mm. we, we've got to break even. They're going to be hard. They've got some big bodies in there that, that's going to be good. But I think the last time we played them, we had probably a very inexperienced side playing. And we've got a fair few of our, our season players they play the fair bit of footy, you know, yep. uh, the top class. So they're going to be in amongst it and so forth. So we'll make it a bit more of a contest, I think. Yeah, no, don't worry, Flo. We've had plenty of reminders off the temper text here while we've been talking about how many players uh, you didn't have last time they played. I think seven first <laughs> oh, choices. <laughs> yeah, so um, certainly I think if you break even in the clearances, it's very much uh, game on, particularly the centre clearances. And we speak a lot about Tommy Lynch. What about Charlie Dixon? I mean, how did the Tigers deal with him? I mean, last time they played, again, long time, ago. He kicked two goals, four, so he's had six scoring shots. Could have done a lot more damage. Who do you entrust first crack at Charlie Dixon? Oh, look, we've got a couple, as you said, Asprey and Bolter there, two mm. guys. I don't think with him you, you can actually uh, just leave one out. I reckon you'll just rotate it around because they, they play a bit of a, uh, a different defence for Tigers. They hold, hold up space and, and get into the right area and whoever's in the in the chance. And they all, there's no doubt they'll all know how to play in the, in the if he's up and running, he's, he brings all uh, Port Adelaide uh, together, so they'll be up and running. So it's important that we, uh, you know, every time he gets a chance, that we um, we put a lot of pressure on him because he, he did play a really good game the last time we played him. He's had a really good year, um, and uh, and, good, and good luck to him because he's uh, he's worked his, his butt up, I think, uh, to get to where he is at the moment because he's one of those guys that's all. This big, uh, this big lad that can run around and do all the things, but he never put it together. I think this year has been his best, and it's no doubt the reason, one of the reasons why I put um, Adelaide up in the up in the final. All right, Flea, it's game day, so I'd be remiss of us not to get a tip from you. Um, I won't ask you for a tip. I'll just ask you, Tigers, by how many, please? 
Look, I, I think the Tigers are, are good enough to win it by uh, four plus. I think. I think. I think we're good enough to uh, to get there. We just show that we're we're actually doing the things that we do uh, so well, a lot better. Getting all the players back that we need to be back, and, and they've got a bit of confidence about them again. And they'll they'll stick to their processes. They'll do the things. They'll do. And they talk about the Richmond way, and they they certainly know. You know, they all win their own footy, and that's one thing that. Uh, you got to match it with Port Adelaide. You've got to win your own ball. You've got to actually get around there and get your teammates around there to help each other, and we do that probably better than anyone else in the side. That's why we've been so uh, dominant probably in the last two or three, four years. So that's what I'm thinking. I think we're going to win by four plus. Well, I think, it's going to, I think it's going to be tense, fleeing. I reckon there's a goggle box episode in uh, this game in your lounge room with you and your younger fellas. Thanks so much for joining us, Dale Wayman. A pleasure, Sam. Best of luck and uh, look after yourself. Yeah, and you too. Dale Waitman there. Richmond, great premiership player. Um, dual best and fairest three times uh, uh, All-Australian as well. What a player he was for the Richmond Footy Club. Kevin and Cranbourne, sit tight. I know you've been patient. We'll get to you right immediately, straight away. All of that on the other side of this break on uh, the captain's run. Don't go anywhere. On ECN, the captain's run with Kane Corns. Yes, it is. Great to have your company as we head into the last hour here on the Captain's Run. Sam Edmonds sitting in for Kane Corns. Always liked the Captain's Run when I played uh, country footy. My sort of training uh, schedule, to be honest. Just uh, roll around, a couple of handballs, a couple of kicks, and then go inside for pie night. So it's a, it's a phrase that I have uh, fond memories of. Um, the X Factor tonight, Sam, he's a Swans fan in Hobart, says the X Factor tonight is Robbie Gray. If Port win... The conversation tomorrow will be, does Robbie Gray get the recognition he deserves for just how good he is? How often do we say that? And um, I think uh, he gets a fair bit of recognition, Robbie Gray, super player, for a long period of time. BC is texting, dynasties are Hawks and Cats. Richmond, well, they're just full of loudmouths because you hear nothing from Hawks and Cats supporters. Our response is on the ground. Oh, BC, that'll uh, light the touch paper underneath our, our Richmond supporting friends. Thanks for that. And Graham from Brisbane. What about this from Gray? It won't count if Brisbane win. As harsh as that sounds, they've barely left the state. Anyone else? Be a great premiership. Jeepers, Graham, that's harsh. Uh, I don't agree with it for the record. I don't know if you can have many, many friends there. I think whoever wins the premiership uh, deserves to do so. And I'm not being politically correct there. That's just what I honestly... What I honestly think. Uh, Troy and Glenn Iris has texted in. Interesting thing to remember, Sammy, is that Geelong lost Mitch Duncan and Quentin Narkel in the first quarter against, against Brisbane in that SCG game. Troy, I would just scrap that SCG game entirely. I think, uh, look, that is completely and utterly meaningless. Um, Quentin Narkel can't even get a game at the moment. Um, yes, Mitch Duncan is a quality player. Geez, he was good last week against Collingwood. But that game so long ago at a neutral venue, I'd say uh, that is as close to nothing, uh, uh, in no way relevant as you can get. Um, so keep your texts coming in on that. Uh, soon we're going to have a chat to Wayne Schwoz, who is, of course, the CEO of Pucker Up. Played a lazy 282 games, decorated player, premiership player, All-Australian, three-time best and fairest. Now, obviously, a prominent advocate for mental health. It's World Mental Health Week. We'll catch up with him and the latest developments for his social enterprise. Parker Upper is doing some great things and also um, he's well-versed at this time of the year as well with preliminary finals. Um, he played 14 finals. I think I've got this right, Wayne. Three prelims. 
You won one of them, and then you capitalised. You won the 96 flag. How you going, Schwatter? Hey, Sammy. I'm going reasonably well, um, given Melbourne and what we're living through. But um, all things considered, mate, going really well. Well, two cases today, no deaths. I mean, that's as good a set of numbers as we've had for a long time. Yeah, and, and two cases in the last 24 hours. So, you know, that's encouraging. Um, I think, I don't know about you, Sammy, but it feels like we're running a marathon every week without seeing a finish line. So hopefully that's an indication that we've got some encouraging good news on Sunday coming. Good analogy. And you're like so many people, and um, it's good to have you on this week. Before we get into the reason why we've got you on, how are you holding up with all this uh, never-ending uh, period of uncertainty? <laughs> if I'm honest, um, I've had good days, Sammy, and I've had really challenging days, and I think that's consistent for a lot of people. Um, but I think, importantly, on those challenging days, I've got a really good network around me, and when I need to, I put my hand up and I reach out and I talk, and um, I enjoy the good days. Yeah, and you've got to do that, absolutely. So tell us about um, eHarmony, because you've teamed up with them through your, through your social enterprise, Pucker Up, as I say. It is World Mental Health Week at the moment, but tell us about the new partnership with eHarmony. Well, one of the things, um, one of the main reasons why uh, we decided to partner with eHarmony, Sammy, was the fact that, you know, we, we've always believed, you know, for the last almost four years that having open and honest conversations are really important. But eHarmony commissioned some report earlier, the commission some research earlier this year, and the month of October is all about guy talk. And the whole purpose and premise of that is to really give men and, and boys of all ages an opportunity of being able to connect emotionally, talk about challenging issues and get the appropriate help that they need. And what underpins that is the fact that the research um, uncovered some, some findings that that a little alarming, but more importantly, um, you know, reinforces the need to talk and encourage men to talk. And some of those stats were 62% of men understand that they can talk, but struggle too. Mm. 55% of men believe they have to, the men survey believe they have to hide their mental health issues from their partners. And, and probably the, the finding that, concerns me the most is 30% of men surveyed believe that it would need to get significantly worse before they thought about talking. What we don't want men to do is we don't want anyone to wait. If we're not if we're not feeling like we're coping, we feel we're overwhelmed, we feel like there might be an issue that is in our life that we're, we're, we're having a challenge with, what we want people to do is to talk about it. And there's, there's no shame, there's no embarrassment, and nor should there be. And this is just an opportunity for us to continue to amplify our message in partnership with eHarmony and encourage more men and women to be able to talk about these issues. So do you feel, Shorter, there's still that stigma out there? I mean, it feels so strange to be saying this, but you reckon there's still that stigma out there that men sort of believe that Australian society perhaps doesn't allow them to speak openly about their feelings or their, their personal struggles? Yeah, I believe it, Sammy, because I see it. Mm. Um, and I see it on a, I see it on a regular basis. And, and, and you know, I, I think one of the great challenges, one of the great things about our country is that mateship is part of our DNA. But if you unpack that a bit, there's this notion of what a man or masculinity should be. And, and, and if I'm to simplify it, it means be strong, be tough, be stoic, be resilient, be hardworking, but don't be emotional. Because unfortunately for a lot of men, a lot of men and, and I'd extend this to women, but the focus is on men for this month. A lot of men are scared or in, they, they, they're fearful of what will the response be if I show vulnerability and emotions. And unfortunately, when we talk about emotions, we talk about crying. And there's this association of weakness, which is linked to crying. And that is fundamentally flawed. 
And sadly, that's causing a lot of stress and, and challenges for a lot of males across our communities because they're doing it tough emotionally, but they're scared to actually show that vulnerability because what will the response be? We need to reframe that. Human beings are emotional creatures, men included. And we've got to give as many men and boys the opportunity of being able to, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And then more importantly, how do I communicate it? Mm. Uh, some important findings there from eHarmony. I'm just looking over at the moment as you speak. Uh, very important. And uh, look, I see the headlines and I see the data and the survey results. That, and I speak of the effect that COVID might have had on people reaching out for help and making the calls they need to to the various bodies that, and organisations that can help them. But you're at the, you've got the the experience, the first hand experience. How would you describe the effect that COVID has had on 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 people and their mental state? Well, there's two answers to that, Sam. One is, I, I, I have no doubt that the experience for me at a personal level would have been much harder and would have potentially had a greater impact on my mental health and well-being had I not, or if I didn't have a toolbox of strategies and techniques that I've developed over a long period of time. That's mm. number one. So I've used those strategies to get through challenging times. But number two, one of the most consistent things that I've observed, but also I get this feedback to me, is that it's the experience for a lot of people, especially here in Melbourne, has been exhaustive. It's been unrelenting. Um, I think a lot of people are really starting to be impacted as a result of the restrictions. And and look, I understand why we need to make decisions to save lives. I get that. But the real concern that I've got through the restrictions that people in Melbourne are living through is that the long-term impact on people's mental health is already starting to play out. So on one hand, we're trying to protect lives as a result of COVID, but as a result of the restrictions, it's having a profoundly negative impact on people's mental health and emotional well-being, and that's concerning because we have a we have a, a mental health system here in Victoria, which, as a result of the Royal Commission late last year, is acknowledged um, fundamentally broken, completely overwhelmed, and under-resourced. So pre-COVID, we had a system that couldn't cope with with the increased number of people that need that support. Mm. You lay you overlay COVID now. And we've got a, a number of people, a significant number of people that just aren't getting the support that they need. Yeah. And I certainly don't want to overstate its importance here, Schwatter, but footy and having it around and just having some sense of normality throughout the year, I mean, do you, do you reckon it's helped? Oh, I've got no doubt, Sam. I think that that's, that's played a really important role, even though we haven't had football here in Victoria. I think that we've had so much football on TV and available for, for people is a, is, a, is a small respite. But, but, but I think this is where it's really important. We can't do anything beyond the 5K radius. I actually, I think that the Premier and the Premier's office have started to change their narrative. We need to give people an opportunity to reconnect us socially um, within reason um, and, and to have some of their liberties back because the well-being of people is being dramatically impacted by the current restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> Yeah, geez, it's it, and it, it's great that it is on, and I certainly don't want to overstate it as being the you know the panacea for for everyone's problems. It, it certainly isn't that, but it's been great that it has been on, and, and a medal is, needs to be handed out to those that have made it all possible. Um, this time of year, you've played in how many of these? Fourteen finals, three prelims. When when the word preliminary words preliminary final get mentioned, what what is the first thought that comes to mind? Uh, you're one game away from the grand final. That should be exciting. <laughs> but you're also sitting there trying to grapple with the fact that if we don't win, we don't make a grand final. I, I, I actually, um, I love prelim final weekend, Sammy, because it's, I think it's the people's final weekend. Generally what happens once you get to the grand final becomes um, a very big corporate event 
as a player, I love prelim finals because you understand that if you play well and you, you win that particular game, you've earned the right to go into a grand final. That brings new challenges. But I, I just think it's a fantastic weekend. I think we've got the four best teams. Um, and uh, I, like a lot of people, am looking forward to uh, tonight's game and tomorrow's game. OK, well, we've got the four best teams. Put your footy hat on then. Uh, who are the two best teams? Um, who are the two best teams? Who's playing I'm in the grand answer, final? I, I, as much as I want to um, see Port Adelaide win at home, I just think it's hard to go past, too hard to go past Richmond. They play finals footy. They have done for the last three or four years. They've been there before. They understand the pressure that comes with it. So I think Richmond will beat Port Adelaide. And uh, I must admit, Geelong surprised me last week. Um, they played an incredible brand of footy. But I actually want to see, this is my heart speaking here, I actually want to see the Brisbane Lions go through to the grand final. Wouldn't it be amazing to have Brisbane hosting a grand final in Brisbane and potentially take out a Premiership Cup? Yeah, you've always been a romantic. What is it, the Chris Fagan, <laughs> the love for Chris Fagan uh, for oh, you or just the whole story? Well, I think it's a great story. I mean, Brisbane, Brisbane, with all due respect, they couldn't retain the young players. Yeah. Players were leaving that club. Um, you know, that they're, they're at rock bottom. The club went and got a guy that had been in the system for a long time, Chris Fagan, a great teacher. They went and got Greg Swan. They got the back house right or the front of house right. They clearly sold a vision to the players. The players have bought in. They're retaining their young group, uh, impressive players. They've complemented that with other mature players like Lockie Neal. And I just think it's a great story. This is another example for other clubs that are struggling. One of my old clubs included, North Melbourne. Get the key decisions right with good people, recruit in well, and you give yourself an opportunity of turning things around really quickly, which Brisbane have done. Yeah, and Port Adelaide got... Well, there's great storylines everywhere, isn't there? Ken Inkley was basically sacked this time uh, last year. There's no yep. hope to go on, and now he's coach of the year. So great storylines everywhere. Schwatter, as you know, we get texts in real time here. Wayne deserves a medal for his efforts putting mental health in the spotlight. Many years ago, I pick up the phone regularly now to reach out to people. Cheers, that's from Steve. And this one from Mike, Mark in Diamond Creek. How good listening to Wayne. Brilliant. Thank you, Schwatter. Thank you, SEN. And thank you so much for joining us again, Wayne. Magnificent, mate. Uh, my pleasure, Sammy. And just before we go, if people want to learn about conversational tools or the things that they can do to look after their well-being, jump onto the Pucker Up podcast. We've launched it in partnership with AIA Vitality. Every episode is a strategy or a technique that can help you on your well-being journey. You're a star, Sammy. Thank you. Good on you. Wayne Schwartz there, magnificent. And Pucker Up uh, is exactly the place to go. He's the CEO of Pucker Up, of course, on the podcast, doing some great things as well. Wayne Schwartz there. Now, though, it's time for this man. Bet Deluxe. Serious betting for serious punters. Betdeluxe.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Paul Sebastiani, how you doing? Very well, Sam. Good to talk to a fellow Carlton man. Finals time, mate. Hopefully we can be talking about the Blues this time next year. Oh, well, boy. I feel like we've been saying that for a while, Paul. But, yes, you're right. I echo your sentiments. Uh, nevertheless, the four far superior sides that are in it at the moment, right up to their eyeballs. What's the market doing this weekend? Yeah, well, we've got two nice specials on for the uh, Tigers and uh, the Geelong Cats. If you reckon the Tigers can make another grand final, mate, two fifty on offer as well as two fifty on offer for the Cats to beat the Lions. Both those with a max bet of uh, of fifty bucks as well. So I reckon the Geelong Cats might be uh, they might upset the Lions, mate, and make a grand final. Mm, okay, and what about oh, gee, the Brownlow's been on the back burner, hasn't it? Uh, in the unfamiliar time slot of Sunday night, of course, and, and it's on the back burner for obvious reasons. But what's the market? doing is that reflecting that or has it been has it been fever pitch 
Look, it's all been one rate, one way traffic for Lockie Neal. He's a dollar twenty-two favourite with us at Bet Deluxe, but there's been a little bit of a nibble around for Christian Petrarca at around the eight dollar mark. So I reckon he might be a chance to knock off the hot pot favourite. But we've got a special on the Brownlow as well. If you back any player and they finish second or third in the Brownlow, get your money back in bonus bets up to fifty bucks. Yep, and a huge. Well, it's a huge weekend of sport, but it's a huge weekend of racing. We've got the Everest and Caulfield Cup as well. What's uh, the Caulfield Cup doing? Yeah, well, all the money's been with very elegant at the moment. So despite the sun being out there in Melbourne, we're, uh, we're expecting a bit of rain forecast tomorrow. And she handles a wet track as well. And we've got a special in the Caulfield Cup. You run second, third or fourth, get your money back in bonus bets up to $100. So very elegant for me, Sam. Good on you, Paul. Magnificent. Paul Sebastiani there from Bet Deluxe. Appreciate your time. And uh, as always, gamble responsibly. Bet Deluxe, serious betting for serious punters. The Captain's Run with Ken Corns. Uh, we've had a lot of fun today. Sam Edmund filling in for Kane Corns on the Captain's Run, all thanks to Apollo League, apolloleague.com, elevate your career. This man did exactly that. He's our Lawn Bowls champ, Barry Lester, and he's partnered with APR, who proudly support Bowls Australia, of course, to encourage our community to get, set, go, to perfect their Lawn Bowls skills with techniques and trade secrets to encourage living a healthier life. And you can jump online to apia.com.au forward slash good life hub to catch all the action. Barry, how you doing? Good morning, Sam. Thanks for having me on the show, mate. Absolute pleasure as always. And your sport is no different to any other. You've got to invest in the future and the juniors are a big part of that. No different in uh, your part of the world when it comes to Lawn Bowls. Yeah, that's right. We're very lucky in the sport of bowls. We've really modified our equipment and the way we go about the game in the last sort of 10, 20 years. We've We've got uh, development teams, development squads, um, state to state, club to club. So, and one of the best things Bowls Australia has done over the years is really heavily focus on our our juniors and junior jack attacks. Probably the, the way to go. It's a, it's a modified junior kit, and you can uh, basically play it in your schoolyard, your school classroom, or you can uh, buy a kit at your local bowls club. And when the kids come down, they've got a rubber bowl and they can get out there and give it a go. Yeah, and you obviously chat regularly with uh, junior players about their future prospects. How's the next generation of Bowls uh, stars looking, do you think? Is there some green shoots there, as a certain Brendan Bolton would say? Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. We've got some great young players all around Australia. And uh, just yeah, with our high-performance program through Bowls Australia, putting them on the pathways and getting them some good education around, not only trying to be a, a good athlete, but um, getting everything in the order, in order around, you know, trying to be the better player they can. So there's a lot involved, like any sport. You want to go out and compete and play well, but um, you've got to tick all the boxes and get a good um, crew around you to support you, and, and anything's possible. So... Uh, our Australian Jackaroos team, I think, is going to look strong in years to come. Fantastic, uh, Barry. Great to chat to Barry Lester uh, as well, our Lawn Bowls chairman. You can watch, as I say, the content at the APA Good Life Hub. We're all about possibilities. You can talk to their dedicated specialist today on 13.50.50. Thanks so much for joining us, Barry. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, Sam. Good on you. Fantastic there uh, to chat to Barry Lester. Dwayne Russell, on a Friday, doesn't go weekly into the end of the week. He goes out with a bang each and every Friday, and uh, he joins us now to chat about what's coming up. What do you got coming up there, Pipe? Oh, we got him? Maybe we don't have him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got him. Here he is. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking forward to a Midday Madness at midday, so you call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. Heaps to get to, uh, as well as the calls, but uh, interviews later on in the program. Terry Wallace is going to join me, as mm. he always does. Dom Cassisi from Port Adelaide will have a chat to me. I'm looking forward to 
having a chat also to David King to have a little bit of a deep dissection of the game after one o'clock. So David King's going to have a chat to me as well. Tom Morris also going to have a chat to me from uh, Queensland where there's a little bit of an Adam Trelaw and a Collingwood uh, trade story floating around. So there's a bit on the agenda today, Sam, as well as just the games tonight. Oh, I'm looking forward to the chat about the games, though. You've got two very sharp minds there in Plough and uh, Kingy to run their rule over. And it feels like this week's almost gone too slowly for me, Piper. I think this tonight is as tactically intriguing game as there has been for some time when it comes to Port Adelaide and Richmond. you got two of the sharpest to cast their eye over it. Yeah, we have, and I, I think it's going to have an edge to it tonight. I think it's going to get a little nasty between these two. Hamish Hartler virtually told us that, but um, I'm actually... I'm a bit of a Richmond fan. I know that they have upset a few people this year, but they are box office, Richmond. There is not a football person in Australia or in the world, if you're an AFL person, that doesn't watch Richmond now. Mm. Uh, whether you like them or you don't like them, they make you put your backside on your lounge room at home and you sit down and watch Richmond. They put on a show. It sometimes gets a little edgy. I reckon there's going to be a few arguments in a few lounge rooms tonight. This is going to be a ripper tonight, <laughs> so I can't wait for it either, to be honest. Oh, I like the spice in the build-up. That's what we want. That's yeah. what we need, isn't it? Nothing untoward on the field, but, I mean, this is high-stakes poker, isn't it? And uh, it's going to be spicy out there. I'm looking forward to hearing what the latest is on Adam Trelaw. I did uh, make a few calls this morning. It's the one that won't go away, isn't it? After uh, his partner, Kim Revalian, made that decision to accept a 10-month contract with uh, the Queensland Firebirds up there in Brisbane. She'll relocate and play super netball. Good on her. What does it mean for Adam Trelaw? Well, it's been hosed down emphatically by the man himself, but it yeah. hasn't gone away, Dwayne. I made a couple of calls this morning and was told categorically still that nothing would change. He's contracted until 2025. But there's certainly plenty of smoke around. Yeah, well, Collingwood, how many players are actually on their untouchable list? That's the issue I want to talk to Tom Morris about because um, whether or not uh, Trelaw's on the, the untouchables or the touchable list is going to be interesting. And I want to talk cost of living allowance. This is going to blow up this one, Sam. Yep. Uh, this whole push. Uh, the Giants might lose Jeremy Cameron. They keep losing players. They've dropped out of the eight. They want a cost of living allowance. They put the hand he out doesn't... for cash again. Look out. Uh, well, they have done know if they've officially put it out, but... Uh, it's, there's a lot of stories talking Oof. about cost of living allowance. Surprise, surprise right now. This is a hamburger with a lot coming up with Dwayne <laughs> Russell. I uh, can't wait to listen to it. Dwayne's World up next, so don't go anywhere. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.